intend to offend, we will offend. And if you have a delicate sensibility, click the X button in the corner, or if you're on a Mac, the red button in the left corner. Monty, welcome to the show of offending people. Well, um, it never happened and I make shit up. Uh, so, just yeah, uh, for the last couple of weeks, everyone that has asked for a reading, uh, apparently you're all from Scotland, from Hurley in Scotland. Uh, and you all live the same lives. It's very metaphysical, where because we're all one. <coughs> and I can't read the Acacia records. I didn't even have a card. Meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. Welcome, everyone, to another Friday night comedy show. Today, I'm joined by Montessori's Dean Rex and Melissa, the Dame Melissa Hocking Hughes. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. As you were saying, meow, I've got my standard crow egg going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I, I, I think that there's like a flock, of, a, a murder of crows. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I have crows, ladies and gentlemen. And they keep having meetings right near a tree it's with a me. Yeah, <laughs> they have meetings. It's quite good. So even yeah. in this urban society, they're still animals. Oh, and hey, this has been my house. Okay, do I just quick, quick check, which I haven't checked with Robert and everyone. Do you do you need me to stick? Does it sound okay? If you yes. have headsets, it would be nice to go to okay, a headset. Yeah, all because right, there's al- there's always there's always a delay when we have open shows like this and sometimes your voice delays a second to a second and a half yeah uh, i have that with them um, so far south there <laughs> no it kind of sounds it kind of sounds, me. kind of sounds like we're all talking over each other when in fact it's lag yeah the the power of lag i have that with um sean david morton right. i could help produce his strange universe yes no nope. well we can hear you so something's on I'm back for this tech break brought to you by electricity. That's weird. Sorry, guys, tech issues. My apologies for that. I have great news. Do you want to hear some really cool news? It's taken me. You're still on on the same audio. No, it just kicked over. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Now it sounds sounds like you're, you're, are you hearing it in your headset? Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, it's very loud. Okay. okay. All right. As long as you're not, you don't have an open mic. All right, go ahead. Oh, this is look, great news, everyone. I finally figured out my celebrity crush. I know you've all been hanging <laughs> for that. It's been plaguing me for weeks and weeks. And then, and the cool thing about this particular celebrity crush is everyone, male and female, that I mentioned it to, because I'm very proud that I now have one, um, <laughs> has uh, even men just go, oh, yeah, great bloke. Oh, you're a terrific guy. And so, yeah, my celebrity crush, everyone ready for it? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, yeah, it's the yeah, Superman yes. and the guy from um, Witcher, yes. Yes. And a terrific, intelligent, nerdy bloke. He's so wonderfully intelligent. He's such a nice guy. Loving the guy. Forget the costumes and everything. He's a terrific guy. So he's like, take, take everything off. And so there you go. Sure, finally found one. It only took you two weeks. It only took you two weeks to find one, but you did it. That's right. Four weeks, I think. Everyone I said to Mom, once I found out who it is, he's gone, oh, yeah, nice bloke. Even Mom, yeah. Well, I mean, he... 
<laughs> he understood what was, he um uh he stopped dating because of the Me Too stuff because he is yeah. a very attractive young man and a celebrity, and he's just gone. I don't I don't want to deal with this crap. Like, have you ever seen um uh, Keanu Reeves take a photo with someone? He puts mm. his hands. He's like doing he's, when you do a session. He's never touching the person next to him. He just puts yeah. his hand so the illusion is so he knows I'm not going to get screwed here. Right. <laughs> I'm not touching. <laughs> He touched me inappropriately. No, in the photo, he's not touching you at all. At, at all, exactly. <laughs> no, so, um... so, Melissa, let's yeah. let let the inquiring minds of the audience want to know what makes yeah. Henry Cavill the one. Um, his intelligence. He's. Okay. I know. I know. I'm. I'm. What do they call that? Sapiosexual. I need someone to have have their wits about him, but. Um, and the humor about them, and he's got that. But there's lots of things that when I mentioned it to, because you know, I have four daughters, as I've mentioned. And so when I said to my girls, this is who it is, they're all like, oh yeah, yeah. But um, also there was things like during the lockdown years, um, he built his own, he actually went and got all the boards and everything, he actually built his own gaming computer and got really nerdy about it. And then he was super cute about how proud he was of himself. And it was just, <laughs> it's just like. Um, I heard I heard that I heard that same interview with him and he ended up playing World of Warcraft where mm-hmm. he lost himself into it for like two and a half years. <laughs> but it's 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 how he kept himself ready for all of the all of the the, the roles he had going. That's right. It kept him out of par- and it kept him out of partying. And he does play like- he does play um Sherlock Holmes quite well, if anyone saw that movie. That's it's, right. Uh, he does yes. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, eh, I mean, you can tell it was made for the youth. <laughs> However, his Sherlock Holmes is quite good. There was a movie. There was a movie I was just watching the other day that had him in a very young version of him in it. Oh. But he's um, well, the other thing I love about him is that because uh, we all know how much I love the human body. The human biologist is amazing. The biotech, the human body is my first love, I'm sure. And um, and you know he trains. We know he's ripped up. But he doesn't love training. He's not obsessed with how he looks. He does it for work. He does it for what he does. He's in, and I love that discipline in him as well. Um, and so there's lots of things that I really like about him. Obviously, when I went looking for a celebrity crush, I had quite a few criteria. <laughs> but finally, I'm very proud that I finally found one. I don't buy into celebrity at all, but I you know, had to hunt around and see if I could find someone that was attractive to me. <laughs> anyway, what was that uncle? Is that the movie you saw, Andrew? No, no, I, it's not that. Uh, I can't remember. Off. I don't know if he, I haven't seen any of his work before Man of Steel. And like, as you said, like, uh, I like that film. I don't care. Like when Kevin Costner gives up his life, uh, maybe because of my dad, my own dad issues, it makes me cry. It's like no son, blah, blah, blah. Even though he could save it, but he knew, uh, yeah, it, it works for me. All right. And I, uh, to play Superman, and I think whenever, what, 2012 that came out? Uh, it's one of the earlier ones. Uh, and and Henry would be sort of a geek. He knew he couldn't stuff up. <laughs> He's a bit flabby, um, so he would have worked out to actually, you know, um, nothing against Nick Cage, but at one point ah. Nic- Nicholas Cage was going to be uh, Superman with long black hair, and it just didn't look right. Right. At all. So the movie was in 2011 called Immortals, where he played Theseus. Oh, I love that. And yeah. that, that movie was technically a breakout for him because just before yeah. that, he did The Tudors. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and before that, he didn't do much else. I mean, he still has a lot of work. He was in Vendetta in 2001, Count of Monte Cristo. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, I had to. Because that was annoying the <laughs> shit out of me what it was. So the chat room's on fire as ever. They're terrific in there. Gosh, you guys are awesome. Oh, <laughs> so, and so I, I have I have last night I was in a situation where I was not falling asleep early and I decided to go have a cup of coffee. But what I also <laughs> discovered earlier than that is uh, I had been drinking decaf coffee for the last four weeks without even realizing it. <laughs> so how'd you go with, did you have a real one last night? Or I, because coffee? I had a, I had a real one last night. Okay. okay? <laughs> I had a real one last night and I began to realize I'm like, cause I'm like, why isn't coffee working for me? Usually I have a cup before a show. I was needing two cups. <laughs> So I had a real cup of coffee and I stayed up late and I ended up watching a Michelle Yeoh movie called Everything All Every Everywhere All at Once. I highly recommend this movie. It is both action and love story perfectly mixed with weird Ooh. time travel cross multi-universal stuff that's still about love. What's the title movie? again? Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh yes, I've seen it. Okay. And Great I, um, movie. I, I was I was like, oh my god, this is a sci-fi time travel action love story comedy family drama all in one. With a hint of time travel. <laughs> multi-universal like multi-universal travel, yes. Yeah. It's like when I try and um, um, uh, pitch out, uh, Outlander to people. The, I lose a couple of people and it's like, and just a hint of time travel. Well, I don't like it. Like the time travel is about uh, five minutes in six seasons. <laughs> it's, yeah. still, it's a love story of being, between Claire and Jamie and this woman travels back nearly 200 years. And yeah, that's it. Oh, it's got well, time so that, travel that, bring me, that brings me to another topic about the whole, um, the hinge, the power of the stones and all of that sort of stuff, which is part of Outlander, um, if you haven't watched it. But uh, the guy stones in Georgia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Let's just pause for a moment. Uh, <laughs> Do you know, I was saying. Now, uh, just was for, saying for clarification, for clarification, that's his knee. I just want to point that out. That's his knee. And not his weenie. Yeah. <laughs> for your but, Scots um, out there. You know, I, I was saying when I was telling friends that I discovered who my celebrity crush was um, and we we're talking about what he was saying about the Me Too movement and how he doesn't date. And I said, like millions of other women around the world, I'm sure I was to, to, had the same reaction to his announcement of that as everyone else. That's right. Stay single. I'm coming. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, he's um, – anyway, good, let's go back my to plans the can be Good, good. My plans Let's go to the power of Stonehenges around the world. Well, and uh, let's and, talk and about the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, uh, well, we're going to. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, let's do that. <laughs> let's talk about. So, those who don't know, a few days ago, all three of the, you, <laughs> the the um, the Guidestones, they're claiming. Well, what's the latest claim that they were hit by lightning? Or I don't know. If you have a look at no, the explosion. They were. They were. They were. There were explosion. There was an explosion. Clearly, it yeah. was an, an, an explosion. And uh, they ended up tearing the whole thing down because it was completely it was unstable. Unsafe. Yeah, yeah, unsafe. Oh, just with so that photo, it, very quickly, it, with that photo, they say that there's, um, there's a hole in it where you can see the North Star. Where is the hole? Because it's not in the middle because there's a there's a column in the middle. No, there's a column going through, intersecting where the, col the column and the flat piece intersect, and it's been blown off. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is 
there's people saying, oh, there's a hole in it, and you look up, it's always linked to the North Star. And then a flat earther went nuts and just went on for 20 minutes. My point is, I don't see it. It's because you wouldn't be able to see it in a picture like this. The hole is really small. All right, but yeah, okay. yeah it's but, really, yeah. really small. Just so, right. any the, of you- the encryption on there was always a fascination because the encryption is, of course, how to depopulate the Earth. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just done in nine different languages and it all repeats the same thing. They've checked that. The first two are about population control and eugenics. And the rest are all really good ideas to way to live the world. Take away right. pop, population control and eugenics, the first two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the turn of the punch did, bowl. <laughs> I had them all written down, but yeah, it was reduced to 500 million globally. Um, and in terms of population control, and yeah. what was the second one? The second one was eugenics. Yeah, eugenics. That's right. And then the rest yeah. of it actually makes sense. Good stuff. Yes. It all makes sense into good living. Yes. But um, it was pulled down at such a rapid rate. It was down and cleared within a few hours. Yes, because they was... had they, they were forced to because it actually has a uh, support from the state. It's actually a, a part of the state park system there. Guide reproduction yeah, so, wisely. Yeah. Uh, and who's the yeah, wise in, person in charge? Improving fitness and diversity is where it goes off. Like that's the only thing that no. seems to have happened through government and, and its scarcity fear mongering in the last lockdown years has been the yeah. maintain humanity thing. But it's, um, but yeah, that's gone down. Now, I'm, who actually put the guidestones up? No one really knows, but it, it's it's there's so many rumors and things. But it was during the Ted Turner rise to power era. That doesn't mean mm. Ted Turner was a part of it. When global media went from normal, just your six o'clock evening news and maybe a late show news, to actually having regular twenty four hour news news, which was branding CNN in eighty two. Uh, yeah, on on paper, it was someone called Raymond C. Christian. Which I think is a mistake. <laughs> like having a last yeah, name I think it might be. Yeah, especially people say I was young Bill Gates, uh, or I think I've spoke to Andrew about this, where yeah, they believe it was Ted Turner. And I think people just made the connection because it's well, these things just turned up. It's, it's in Georgia, and CNN's based in Georgia, so clearly it's Ted Turner. And like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's hearsay. But so, yeah, it was fascinating. The damage done to the, the saving face crowd of the elite is massive. The, imagine being the elitist who gets the pager call from his scared ass down guy who's about to tell him your Georgia Guidestones just got blown up by some redneck. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're not showing that on film. Like, I've seen the explosion on film because it kept getting vandalized. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, they want to kill 80% of the population or 90, 95% of the population. Go figure. However, uh, they keep spraying, you know, no to new world order and blah, blah, blah. So I think the Georgia, the state, actually put up two cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one works. And that's the actual footage where you see the explosion and there's a flash yeah. of light. And people say, oh, it was a, a, a lightning bolt. Well, uh, well, you don't see. There's no evidence of a lightning bolt afterwards. Like there's, right. there would be flames. No scar. And, there's no scarring. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And how? No, and how no would li- how would why would lightning hit stone while there's all these trees all around it? Exactly. Because because Christianity would have God strike it down. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like say it just proves <laughs> that God exists. Yeah. 
<laughs> construction in June 1979, a man using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian uh, approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on behalf of a small group of loyal Americans and commissioned the structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing, sus. <laughs> I believe the stones were 10 meters tall. They're, that's how big they were. Because people were asking how yeah. big it is. Yeah, they were enormous. And it was and, built uh, with all the all the archaeoastronomy that the main the main uh, sacred geometry uh, different sites around the world use. They tried. They to. just it, well, no, they incorporated all the thing is they just chose the simplest type of structure. The structure yeah, that they cho- that chose was the most simplest type to do it. What you look at? Well, there's Stonehenge, and then there's like, but most of them don't have a cap on them. <laughs> right, because that cap was supposed to have a golden cap on it, and they put the golden cap on it whenever they're doing their rituals. So yeah, <laughs> so, excuse me. The um, it was a fascinating thing to watch, uh, almost as fascinating as, or maybe devastating. The thing about the Georgia Guidestones is every response that I saw from people that were around it was, "Oh, thank God it's gone. That thing was pure evil. That was that thing was pure evil." And it was just like, "Where do you what?" <laughs> what was it really i mean it was it was a nice attempt at what it was meant to do the description was fascinating and not negative for the most part yeah but, um, yeah i would part, tend to dis i would t- tend to disagree because the two that they start off with are are you you take every your power in the beginning of the statement and that i believe oh. is the demonic contract Oh yeah. Yes, would you I agree, agree. I, to I, I would said, you agree to limiting the world to five hundred million people? Never. No. Okay. No, I, I agree in the evolution of humanity. And that's <laughs> and a so, spiritual con- an offering of a spiritual right. contract from an elite ruling class with with their magicians in order, putting it in stone as an object that's representation of what the faith in the system or the faith in this in the world in the universe. Yeah, I've seen a meme actually where it was. Um, you keep talking about this depopulation like it's written in stone. Well, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> now let me just yeah. see if they replace it. Like uh, as Andrew no, said, apparently, the, the... apparently there's absolutely no plan to. Yeah, um, it, it, will, it will. It will be. It will be. Risen. It, it's risen to be. It will re- be replaced, but it'll be made private. Yeah, um, well, yeah. From the the spell type of point of view, I'm sure there's um, countermeasures and everything else like that. Uh, but um, making it private would make sense because uh, the symbolism of it. My my Facebook timeline just is like, ah, oh, look, all these different people that don't know each other are putting out the same thing, <laughs> the same intent. Like, mm-hmm. we need to bring the tribes together and and move forward for humanity. Well, we must lead them out of the <laughs> desert of Egypt. Yes. One of the big trends that's happening through social media at the moment is the, uh, I'm not, not misquoted, but this, it's been plagiarised and replagiarised and removed. And going back to the source of the person that originally said this is pretty hard at this stage, but uh, some people are saying it's the, the head of Dubai. But anyway, but the whole thing about how um, the evolution of society where, you know, uh, the whole, my great-grandfather walked 10 miles to work, my father, you know, rode his bike to work, I drive a car to work, my son will drive a Mercedes to work, my grandson will drive, you know, whatever. And it will go back to, it's the whole thing about how great men build strong societies or strong strong um, worlds and um, and weak men create disastrous worlds. <laughs> this is pretty much how it's going around. And that's how this has been blatantly horribly paraphrasing and nutting it down 
but it is talking about the evolution of society as whole. And what's been really interesting to me in the last couple of days, this has been just cranking over TikTok and everything. Everyone's starting to talk about it. Uh, there's various versions of it where they talk about, you know, the various things, you know, my, my grandfather rode a camel, I drive a Ferrari. It's mm. going to come back to riding camels. Um, and I, the, actually, um, I actually think I know where that speech came from. That's, that's Mahem Balim, Balim Salam, the head, the person that's supposed to take over the, the Prince of Saud, the Sauds. So yes. he made a speech, and I believe it was in 2007, where they were opening the first major military conventions in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And after that, they tried to do their version of Hollywood in Saudi Arabia but they were going to do it the Hollywood of the big businesses and try to make it a giant tech opening right after they did a military sale. And so they talked about that. Well, it's, it's so they talked that, about um, the building of nations and the individuality. And because I know you were paraphrasing, but I, I, I know that the king, the head of Dubai also used aspects of that in his opening remark speech too. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly who it's been attributed to. Like I've only yeah. seen one person attribute to them. Otherwise it's been from like Denzel Washington and shit. Oh, for God's sake, stop trying to stick it on NACA. Right. It's like, it's, it's come back to, that's where I think it's sourced from as well. Um, the, um, the whole United Arab Emirates, the launch of country launch of, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. But it was, um, um, that, that makes sense. And it was interesting in the last, as I said, the last few days, probably last 72 hours, I've seen it blowing up over TikTok and stuff where American youth, uh, well, I say youth people in their 20s in America are quoting that and talking about, I think we're seeing this in America. We're seeing the implosion of our society. We're seeing this. I think this is happening to us now. It has been for some time. And I found myself just going, good on you. I love that the younger generation in the United States are starting to see that implosion um and see it folding in on itself and it's um i mean it's always been a bit of a joke uh over many years about how every alien movie you've seen in the last 40 years it's always new york that gets attacked (laughs) it's always america that gets attacked and it's always and you can put that down to the marketability of of the movie but it's also but at this stage I've had so many people particularly in the last 18 months talk to me about how fourth dimensional will assault America because America is in such a frail emotional state as a whole um and that's of course what fourth dimensional beings freaking feed off and um I want to I want to add something to that yeah so America just represents the best group of producing cattle on the market that doesn't make us the only cattle. We yeah. produce more loosh than equivalency of any other cattle brands. Okay. Now, Canada has a brand, Japan has a brand, China has a brand, and they all produce predictable amounts. Well, we, we, we are always the best return on investment for cows. <laughs> okay. But there comes a moment where certain types of fears ignite certain type of communities to produce more with less. And I believe we're at a point where the craziness in America is going to trigger some major cultural taboo issues in other cultures, and they're going to produce 10 times the amount of loose that they normally would. Such as what um, just happened in Japan. Which is uh, what's happening in Japan. Yes. What just happened in Japan, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I did see someone um, shared on Twitter, I think it was on a a Reddit, but basically the, the headline was that 
uh, the young people, the 20 year olds are, are real, <laughs> they've discovered marriage because um, uh, this group of women, they went to um, uh, like a holiday house or a, a ranch or um, what's, what's the word? Uh, a lodge or you know, a cabin, that's the word. And they all, they're all sad, like, because, you know, they've lost uh, reproduction rights, which means they don't understand that there's still 39 states where abortion's legal. <laughs> you know, anyway, well, let's not bring that in. But they were, comp- uh, they were crying, angry and hurt. And then they, then they realised they were angry. Uh, yeah, they, they became angry, like really angry, which is the only emotion. And they were having a big powwow. <laughs> and Melissa, you'll love this. They decided, you know what? we're just going to stick with one man and we're not going to put out straight away and we're going to make sure they can provide. And if we do have a baby, we need to know they can look after us. And we're going to, uh, we, we, we've written, we're going to be, make a, make a contract and we're going to send it to a lawyer and just see it. And I'm looking at you going, Oh, you mean marriage? Yeah. <laughs> and what I bring it up because as you're saying, you can see the, the change uh, even though it's, some would say it's a negative th- response, uh, a negative thing because of the Supreme Court justice about moving Roe versus Wade. Well, that's a two-hour conversation. <clears throat> but they're, um, they're realising the hookup uh, commu- um, community doesn't is not healthy at all because it was just, you know, Rome on crack. And so now it's like, well, hang on, I'm, I really should find someone and stay with one person that can look after me and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, you mean like the last 700,000 years? And Boris Johnson has retired as well. So I find that interesting about Abe getting um, (laughs) shot and killed and Boris Johnson finally getting uh, a thing. So, and then you've got the Georgia Guidestones. And for those playing at home, this is where my optimism comes from. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> the the planet, humanity, subconscious, prime creator, what multiple things. It's still like, yeah, nah, <laughs> to put it in Australian terms. Um, the um, With marriage in 2009, I think it was, um, I fell wildly, madly, incredibly in love with a pretty untamable man and um, <laughs> and uh who asked me to marry him and we actually i didn't really want to get married but he we did get married and i had um a friend asked me who had avoided marriage she'd been with her partner for a long time they were a fantastic couple he really wanted to get married she kept refusing on the basis of feminism blah 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 and she said to me why would you get married and i said to her because there is no better contract in the world to take care of someone that you love it's a global contract. I said, if something happens to your husband, you're the first person that gets called, no matter where the hell he is. And I said, and the same thing for you. And I said, it's actually a remarkably good contract for taking care of someone you love, but it is a emotional and karmic bitch to get out of. It's <laughs> well, just yeah. a... Especially yeah. when religion intertwines with the faith That's of the That's right, the nasty crossover of And the government. The government also war. is part of that. Yeah, the government comes in. That's where the, the, the major yeah, issue that, is. Where... That absolutely, in, absolutely uh, wrong and in, uh, incompatible combination of politics versus, versus uh, spirituality. But... Um, but yeah, it's it is it's a terrific contract if if it's someone that you actually do have that road with. But it's I don't know these times. I mean, I really admire my my grandparents. Well, my adopted grandparents were um, married for sixty three years, and they died three weeks apart, which tends to happen. 
Uh, my own parents, they died only a short time apart. And my father was in palliative care. My mother, very sudden death. She died weeks before my dad. And they were completely unexpected. I love that you see that amazing karmic slash energetic, hence spiritual contract of marriage at a different level. I love where you see them depart the way that, like that's when you know they were together. But, I mean, I was married to this enormous love. We were only married for a very short time because it just had to be that way and, and he was gone. Um, and um, But I don't regret it. Well, no, I was going to, um, I always, every time you talk about this, it's like, and you have the twins. Oh, and, but I also, <laughs> you know, it was the experience to be had. Yeah. It was oh, like, yes, exactly. It, I was um, mostly there. I know. I saw it from the outside. Yes, I, do, right. was, I find it, it ironic. Yeah, <laughs> ironic that I completely forgot you were getting married. <laughs> I, I, and once he missed the wedding. It yeah. Was like, and, <laughs> yeah. Like, now um, it's because uh, I think if I was there, you may not you, have gotten have married. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, free will, get out of it. But the twins had to be born, so that's why I was I was mind wiped. Yeah, it's Monty would have Monty would have stopped because I got married in a spectacular cathedral, this medieval cathedral in the city of Melbourne. It was just an amazing, amazing thing. And if I may say so myself, I looked hot. But <laughs> it's like the dress I wore just felt awesome. The thing about wedding dresses, they feel awesome. But um but uh, thanks, Mitz. But um, but Mont would have been the person that, regardless of where or what it was, or, or how bloody terrifyingly scary my actual husband was physically, <laughs> and Mont would have stood up and go, "Nah, she's not doing this." <laughs> like, yeah, where is um, Exactly. Well, yeah, I'll be at the back a, or on a different or in the balcony. I wouldn't be anywhere near yeah. close to the dais. <laughs> I was standing outside the front doors of this, this magnificent medieval church. It's so cool. And, uh, and it's in a very public place in, in the city of Melbourne. And, um, and hundreds of people were watching me outside this. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's St Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, I like how you call it a medieval church. It's probably built oh, you know, it's, 150 it's years. It's spectacular. Yeah, but, but we're, we're, um, um, people in Melbourne only started in 1835. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> But um, uh, sidebar to that, at the moment there is a massive planet hanging in the middle of that cathedral. It's an art um, installation that's been there for a short time and it's what the earth looks like from space and it revolves. It's a very weird place to have this strange art installation so I can't stop going and seeing it. It's so cool. <laughs> but um, it's so against all the Anglicans. Yeah, there it is. Uh, it's so cool at the moment. I think it ends this weekend. But it's, oh, look, um, you can see the, the portal to Agartha at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, look at that, right. yes. Because it, it's so funny to look at because of the points that they have hanging it there and the lights that play off it actually make the earth look like what it really is. It plays with the actual yeah. axial and, and aurora presences. So it's very cool. But it's um, <laughs> I've gone and seen it like three times. But... Um, uh, yeah, I was standing outside the doors and all these people from a place called Federation Square, which is deliberate, like actually right across the street from the front of this church, were screaming, don't do it, don't do it, I'll rescue you, don't go in, don't go in. And, Very Australian. And, and uh, I've got my car, I'll get you, I'll come and get you. All these people were screaming this out. And then one of my best friends ran up the other side of the stairs and she was running a bit late and she grabbed me and she said, are you ready for this? And I went, no, I'm not. 
and she said, shit, I can't stop this for you now. And I said, I don't, I don't want to do this. And, um, and I remember thinking, where is Monty? <laughs> like, was like, Doing my so part for you, Melissa. I, I okay. sacrifice. <laughs> but the path had to go its path. About six weeks before the actual marriage, I, um, I knew I didn't want to marry him. And that exact same night, we were actually at a gig at a place that's gone now, um, that's um, an amazing music venue and, oh, my God, I've forgotten, I've forgotten the name of the band. It's one of the most famous bands in the world. Um, oh, my God. Anyway, that's who we were seeing and then Stone Sour were actually supporting them, awesome band also. And, um, and I looked at my fiancé beating the crap out of everyone up in the mosh pit and, um, and thought, yeah, I don't want to marry you. <laughs> and, uh, and I've gone to the disgusting lose in this very old venue that's no longer an awesome venue and um, and ran into a friend that was our wedding photographer and she said, oh, only six weeks to go. And I said, yeah, we'll see. And so I actually <laughs> said, to, I said to Annie, I don't think that's going to happen, but don't worry, you won't leave. You know, hold on to the deposit. You know? and, um, and, uh, and then literally that same night, he, his father died very suddenly. Like at, at midnight, just a bit after midnight, he came back to me because he just abandoned me in the crowd. So I had all these sleazy men hanging, like I was having to defend myself. And um, he came back to me in the crowd and then he physically just collapsed. I pretty much had to carry this hundred and freaking five kilo of muscle to the car and um, got him in the car. And it, he collapsed at what would have been, well, I thought was about 10 past 12. His father died very suddenly at 12 minutes past 12. Wow. And, uh, and I got into the car, got him home, and at seven in, oh, 6 or 7 in the morning, his phone kept ringing. He wasn't answering, obviously. I picked it up, and it was his mother saying that his father had died. And, um, and so that's six weeks. And then my very good friend, who um, had run up the stairs on the other side, was pregnant, and I was her birthing partner, and, um, and everything just broke loose. Uh, we're arranging the funeral for the father. Everything else is going on. Um, my girlfriend goes into labor early and and the six weeks prior to the wedding I just had no opportunity I was railroaded absolutely karmically I had to do this Mm -hmm. and so it was just you got the twins it was oh yeah they're amazing but and they're about to turn 10 but they're um but yeah it was as traumatic and horrible as the fallout was when when he was gone uh, that's how incredibly beautiful and rich the love was and the romance was. And it was just, it was one of the best experiences of this life. Now and, that I can see it from a distance. Yeah. And this is why I keep saying, I think it's just the 3D version, which I'm a lot of because, you know, spiritual. No, nah, I'm a human. Woo. I keep everything that keeps happening to Melissa is like, what did you agree to? Because <laughs> like, it's bang and bang and bang. However, like, uh, like the, the recent cold. You, you did share that you got the super flu. You actually have oh, it yeah. so you know exactly what's going on so you can actually help others when they're It's usually going. the way it goes. If I end up getting so it's probably why I've had cancer four times. It's um, but uh, And they've given me death sentences a few times in this life with cancer. But, um, yeah, I got the super flu uh, about three weeks ago. And wow, it hammered me. Wow. It, um, it really took it out of me. Now I'm freaking expert at working on it, which is great. Because it's because uh, it is a really complex one, but it's it's a flu. It's actually killing way more people in Australia than anything COVID, Corona, blah blah. I mean, the flu is a coronavirus. We've gone over that before, but 
it's hitting uh, the second the second round of people that already had a high susceptibility to um, uh, breathing issues. That's right. This flu is nasty. Yeah. It is yeah. nasty. And this particular, the latest flu that's come out is um, um, it's uh, you know it's, it's the old saying of uh, is it Twain that said history doesn't repeat itself at rhymes? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's very much like that with this particular flu. Influenza is a fascinating life form in, in the way that it does rapidly evolve. This one though seems to have evolved back to if you like scarlet fever. Um, it has it has a fever that if you can't control it can go to the point of damaging the kidneys and hence damaging the heart. And so, um, and that actually happened when I had this flu, I had a fever, I don't know what it would be in Fahrenheit, but um, I had a fever that for six straight days, no matter what I did, no matter what I did, no matter who worked on me, no matter what pharmaceuticals I took or plunging into cold baths or anything, could not get my temperature below 38.8 degrees Celsius, which uh, is huge. Like uh, most of the time it was over 39 and uh, it would not break. And as, and that's why I knew this was something big. It was a nasty flu, coughing, blood, vomiting all the time, nasty stuff. Um, lost my voice. But um, <laughs> are we talking about Mitt's divorce in the chat room? <laughs> <I'm just gonna laughs> it's interesting. Like, what, do you see it as uh, a form of karma? Because uh, Andrew has put forward that the coronavirus, Corona-19 is a uh, time-travelling... Oh, a time-traveling um, karmic resolution. Karmic retrib of, of... Retribution. Yeah. Yes. And um, I like telling people that because they just look straight through me like, what? And because these usually people like, oh, it's uh, man-made and you know, all the, the anti you know, covert See, even COVID idiots, that term's used on both sides. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> like, you know, oh, it's, yeah, there's lockdowns and there's a loss of uh, human rights. And it's man-made, and they're trying to depopulate. Oh no, no, it's a time-traveling <laughs> karmic uh, retribution, and they just go, "What?" Like, yeah, it's like the whole flat Earth is like, yeah, but we live in a hologram, so it's a placebo universe. So whatever you believe is going to be shown to you. What? So part of an understanding of the karmic retribution virus is how all living things operate in this hologram with a set of shared reality rules, whether your consciousness or not. Yeah. And understanding how like all viruses are necessary to create evolution here. That's, That's why they're already, they're already included into the grand plan that the fetus knows in the womb and birth process so that there are certain sicknesses that will take on that will alter itself fundamentally in the DNA, but may expand and may contract and bring out other negative karmic things, which is the rep retribution side, meaning the karma was such an advanced process that no common everyday living process will unfold it. It needs something that needs serious dream time, energy and body work on it, thus getting sick. Mm. That's what right. I find well, interesting uh, is uh, the lockdowns basically put us into sterilization, um, uh, kept us sterilized, and then um, everyone was allowed to go out, and our immune systems weren't humming along at ninety eight percent because right. we haven't been getting those little viruses where it's like, oh, try this, try that, That's and of right. course, oh, it's hit everybody and it's dangerous and blah blah blah. And like, uh, maybe it's like Dan Andrews in Victoria. Oh, there's people that love Dan. Dictator Dan, he saved lives for oh, what? God. Mental illness, destroying of um, oh, uh, businesses and the knock-on effect. Even there was an article or a paper saying that the lockdowns <laughs> were more um, <laughs> destructive than the actual virus. 
Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And it's just like we're seeing that now because Melbourne and the southern regions of the continent of Australia are experiencing really cold winter, not really wet, um, still massive floods and stuff happening further north. But down here we've had like ridiculous frost. The snowfields are awesome at the moment, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> but, they're, um, but it's been really, really icy. And so we're seeing, and the kids are all at school and all that's going on. So we're seeing colds, viruses, upper respiratory stuff, lots and lots and lots of Corona series viruses ramping through there. Um, stuff that's come up through the chat as we've been talking. Um, yeah, COVID, someone mentioned that COVID's dying out. Sorry, I can't say who that was. But um, of course it is. Viruses get weaker as they evolve. That's what COVID does. But the fear mongering through the media and the way that's not going to stop. Right. Oh, it's, it's hysterical. Not yeah. And I think I think the latest Omicron version's up to something nine point eight point one version. Yeah, you know, they keep changing. Yeah. There'll probably be a couple more today. But but yeah. um, because they, they don't want to start over. They they don't want to start over alpha yet. Because Omicron is <laughs> the end of the alphabet, and you start over with alpha. Well, the funny thing with this super flu at the moment, they're calling it influenza A. I love the way they've gone just straight to the English alphabet, and they're just calling it A. Like, oh, we'll start where we start. Let's call it that. But it's um, to the people talking about having night sweats and getting fevers when they actually raise their vibration and stuff. If you're having night sweats, that's actually a positive sign. That's your immune system leveling up for some reason. Um, it's not related to hormones. Okay, that's a different thing. If you're going through sort of menopausal stuff, that's different again. But um, night sweats are never something I take as a negative. I'll always go, okay, this body needed to level up for some reason. This immune system wanted to muscle up. Okay, here we go. Uh, whether it pulls because you already have hundreds of viruses in your body, that's how it's biotech of this amazing human body works. And so you, if it selects one of those viruses to muscle up and actually use night sweats to boost your immune system against parasitic or, or other life forms like a virus, then that's, that's actually a positive. So if you're raising your vibration, increasing your cellular vibration, you're leveling up at some level and you find that you develop a temperature or you develop a, um, or you have night sweats, take it as a positive that your biology is responding as well. As much as you might've been doing that spiritually or to communicatively, um, you've actually taken it on through the biotech as well. And that's a really cool thing. There's been some really great accelerations in the axial presence, the actual structure of the whole presence of you in the last six weeks. Um, and so if you've had that in the last six weeks, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's right. It's, um, but yeah, the COVID series has definitely become weaker, but we're going to see other viruses, as I've said a number of times on the show, we're going to see other viruses come out, ancient viruses that have never dealt with the human form before and the human form certainly won't know how to deal with, are uh, mm -hmm. awakening out of things like melting permafrost and stuff. And so very quickly. Once, once again, validating the time-traveling multidimensional viruses that no longer exist in the past, but suddenly uncode because our DNA recreates them. It's, look... Um, when I asked Andrew what was going on, we talked about the fact that this this flu, similarly to the whole COVID series, was oh goodness me, sorry everyone. Um, the oh you can see that it's good, <laughs> so, but the um, there was some stuff up on Zoom there. Um, that that it definitely is something that is a karmic retribution, and um, and for me it was I, and this was I don't know if I've mentioned that in the show, but I did mention in the in the green room before the show that. Um, I actually had, I didn't realize this, uh, we all have them, but this bloody woman, <laughs> obviously this is not going somewhere good, cursed me apparently. 
actually put a curse on me. And it was, and then the, literally the next day, bang, I was hit with this massive temperature, all this, the flu hit me. And, um, and then when Andrew's come in with the karmic retribution through timeline and everything, <laughs> that's right. Thanks, Mitz. I was trying not to say that. But that's exactly what she is. Um, <laughs> and, um, to me, this woman's, uh, this is horrible. I apologize for saying this. She's very much an empty vessel that something really nasty works through. She's a tool. Uh, yeah, very much. And <laughs> On every, she, every, she, every, she definition, every definition of tool, like she's being used, she's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She's all that. And, um, and apparently, yeah, it was, it was a profound effect. And it actually caused um, amazing people to step in. Out of nowhere, I didn't contact people. I was just like, what the hell is this? And, and this sort of stuff, like curses, hexes, spells, things like that, that's not my strength. That's certainly not what I've come into the planet knowing at a soulful level. And um, so it's, I seek it, the wisdom from people that do know. And I didn't even need to. The, the beauty of being in this multidimensional communication is they came to me and offered help, which was great, sent in the warriors. But because um, <laughs> uh, you could ask me today, how do you block a curse or a hex? I, I couldn't tell you. You have your own your own ways of doing it. And you don't need to call it a curse or a hex. You just call it a program. Hmm. Oh, it was, look, it was just an yeah. assault at a very dark level. Yeah. And um and so, and it was the smirk on that cow's face. I shouldn't call her cow. I like cows. Um, <laughs> it's a bit on that thing's face. Oh, dear man. I'll put that, wretched, that wretched, unlovable skank. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're insulting skanks there, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, the dark that comes through here, and Andrew and I have discussed it at length because Andrew's one of the first or the first only person so far that actually understands this particular entity that's fairly new to this planet. Mm. Um, and when we first discussed it, I was, I was calling it like, well, we both kind of call it a black oil. It was this black, sticky, fluid, disgusting. Um, anytime I have to deal with it, that's, that's how it presents. It's kind of, um, and, geez, it's intelligent and it's nasty. And uh, it's, an, it's, an ape, it's, a, it's an apex predator yeah, that feeds off of con- that feeds off of consciousness, not just fear, but everything else too. Yeah, is that part of the change? Like I just call it the change. It's um, it was forcefully it, it was forcefully put into a situation. It was actually discovered in a in a very primal world and then manipulated to become an attack dog. But the beings that had it, they thought they had genetically manipulated and controlled them. In fact, this thing was far more intelligent than what they, what they believed it was because oh. it was multi-celled amoebic. So it's a positronic collective process, yeah. It, it, so it's like the alien movies where um, they thought, <laughs> you know, like xenomorphs, whatever it is, they thought they control it and then they get wiped out by it, by their own weapon. It's like, uh, do you remember about, oh, I think it was about 10 or 12 years ago when... Um, uh, cancer, people studying cancer decided that they were going to control a virus to treat cancer. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, that, that was never going to happen. <laughs> control a virus. <laughs> Until they understand what a virus is, they're not going to do that. So yeah. and and it, anyways, really... to, to finish up with what we were saying before. So it was brought to this world and then additional genetic manipulations were done to it because it was going to replace some of the demonic beings that have, high cost contracts 
And this is regularly done in this world. They look at who have the spiritual contracts and see if they can find cheaper labor in the spirit <laughs> worlds. Okay. And then when this thing was deployed, it broke free and it started attacking its captors and went on a, a, a just a destructive run against the Illuminati's and the various groups in the mid 80s to late 90s before it was finally brought under control when the light and the dark agreed to work together to eradicate this thing. Is it similar to the, the black goo in the X-Files TV show? Similar concept, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I did find that fascinating because um, X-Files was 92 to 98 or something like yep. that. went something like that. And so uh, Jordan Maxwell has pointed out there's a lot of, not disclosure, but there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> they get a lot of ideas from what actually is going on. So Right, mm. right. Yeah. Mitz has just mentioned about the um, recently altering or the alteration of frog cells, so the control to deliver drugs and stuff. Um, they have desperately, Mitz, they've been trying to um, harness the, the tissue regenerative powers of the frog for a long time, of the frog cells. They, they still haven't. If you think about um, through the Jurassic Park, they used frogs to fill the DNA of the, yes. you know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> of course, yes, yes, that can't happen. But it's, um, but yeah, they've, they've, never really quite been able to harness the intelligence in the cell of the frog or anything else, but they want the tissue regenerative aspect where, you know, a frog can grow back a leg and they want, they desperately, humans desperately want that. So they can regrow a heart. They can regrow, you know, all of that stuff. They can start 3d printing stuff off that, but they, um, but the frog cell itself has an intelligence and a, a protective dimension to itself, that it won't let them see the intelligence in it. And it's similar to the human DNA, uh, well, not the DNA, sorry, the human cell. We can see a little bit of the DNA. And for a long time, they used to call what we can't see junk. And none of it's junk. None of it's junk. There's actually 12 layers in human DNA. Um, we can see two. They're starting to see a third, which is interesting. Um, but what they, and they no longer call it, they're no longer calling it junk. They're just like, you can't really refer to dark matter as, as nothingness junk. anymore. But um, they're starting to understand that what they can't see is, in fact, the intelligence and the communication and what's terrifying. And this is why we've seen these lockdown years and what's gone on with the fear-mongering around a virus that finally worked. They tried for many years, bird flu, you name it. They've tried for many years to, to raise global fear of the virus. Um, but they finally saw it in these lockdown years because... Over the last, particularly over the last 12, 15 years, globally in privileged in the privileged society, we have seen amazing work of integration in healthcare. With allopathic medicines understood more and more that they don't really know everything. And they've brought in ancient techniques, shamans, alternative and integrative stuff, such as what I do, um, into healthcare more and more to get results that they want, which was always the Hippocratic desire to actually help people heal themselves. That had to be canned. The human race was becoming powerful again. They were starting to understand the autonomy and the power they have in themselves and the ability they have to actually um, regenerate and rebuild themselves, even at a physical rudimentary level in that amazing biotech. And so that had to be shut down. And if you have a look now, that's the greatest battle I have is reminding people that they do still have that. People are afraid at the moment to talk spirituality. 
Um, That's right. It's, it's, because it's there's so ta- there's there's so many taboos and stigmas from religion, from government, from atheism, from science, from money, from all these things that would take you away from a true natural faith connection within yourself, without That's a right. need to validate through external sources. The propaganda has worked this time around. People have right. lost faith in their own ability to actually do anything at the moment. Here, here we are in the middle of winter, it's cold, it's, it's virus season, right? And if, if a kid gets a virus, they're racing them to the emergency room. What? what? We've always been able to just quietly get on with a virus and if it gets to a point that you need further medical assistance, you go and get it. But people have lost faith in themselves. They've lost trust in themselves to know that they can actually deal with this themselves. Uh, and uh, even that uh, basic level. Before the lockdowns, 10 years earlier, uh, there was an episode on South Park about having chicken pox parties where the idea is if one child got the yeah, chicken pox. Yeah, the immunity. Yeah, you have the, um, uh, all through, you know, I, I like to bring out 700,000 years of you know, the human form. But now that they will probably cancel that episode. They're not aware yeah. of it, but because it's um, like, I, I haven't had a vaccine since 1990. And, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. It's like, well, you had earlier ones. Yeah, but I had vaccines when they were made for health and not profit. Yeah, that's right. And even though, uh, who knows what they are, because uh, I was, I've been pointing in the last week, I've been pointing out with the COVID vaccine, they're just making one vaccine, but we're all unique. So who knows what the reaction is? Because there's people that are like, I feel fine. I'm okay. I can live my life. And then there's other people that are dying or getting, you know, Justin Bieber with their face. And, and blood clots and everything else like that. It's interesting uh, as we slowly grind on. Hang on, people, because we're slowly grinding on. You, you know, the George Gridestones have gone down. Abe's been shot. I'm not a happy fan about that, but <laughs> it's not really a, a leap of faith of why that happened. Boris is out finally, and uh, the health minister of New South Wales actually basically said, <laughs> she said the truth for a change. Now we know the vaccines don't stop transmission and infection, but they, they, they stop your severity. So we, you should get um, your boosters three, number three and number four here in Australia has been released and allowed to the populace. And people are rejecting them left and right. Yeah, because they went through the first two, because they were lied to about the first two, and they right. had a really crappy experience with both um, first two doses. Right. In Canada, Canada, uh, I remember when uh, here in Victoria we were locked down and you know, ruled yeah. with um, a, a velvet fist <laughs> with uh, that pansy freaking Dan Andrews, and all the Americans that I knew were like, oh, don't become Australia, don't become Australia. You really should have a look at Canada, because Canada's like... <laughs> hold my maple syrup and they've just right. gone completely more <laughs> nuts than the Australian ones. And it's interesting, uh, Andrew, what do you think of this statement? Uh, they usually Australian, try. Australians hold their beer, but they hold their maple syrup. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, hold it's, maple it's, syrup. Eh? It's maple syrup, maple syrup beer. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> mead, honey-based alcohol. Yeah. Uh, they try these little things out in New Zealand or uh, Australia or maybe Canada, then it goes to the UK and then it finally turns up into uh, the United States. Right. Whatever yeah. Queen's country is going to be the test bitch, choose to go, yes, Queen, we are the test bitch and we will put our, 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 our minions through whatever you tell us. Just give us the money. <laughs> well, oh, thank you, Queen, for all this money. <laughs> well, I don't all think right, it's guys, the Queen, though. You're fucked. 
Yeah, I don't think it's the Queen, though. It's the Crown, the corporation, because, I mean, I am getting this from a TV show. The, 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 the TV show, The Crown, it just shows, like, the Queen has some authority with certain things, but she's hemmed in with a thousand years of tradition. Sure. All the other yeah. things she never knows are going on around yeah. her, like every oh, exactly. other king and queen yeah. in history. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the secret societies within secret societies that run the money and cook the books. Mm. No, well, yeah. here's a question. Speaking of money, it looks like we're heading towards a financial collapse. Uh, are they just putting that out to feed the loosh? Or um, will finally, will 2008 catch up with us? Or... I don't think there'll be a great reset because no one likes Carl Schwab. I call him. So, so real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll answer part of your other question before is were they test beds? Absolutely. They were test beds. What mm. was done in, in Australia was different. What was done in New Zealand. What was in, in Europe was done different, but they were all studied to see which one worked best. Yeah. Okay. That was the bigger understanding. Now getting back to, is the economy going to crash? I would say it's already crashed many times. If you go and look at the stock market for the last two years, you see it go way up and it's going on a long down process with these spikes up, which we know are our algorithms buying the dip. Now, I personally think we're going to see a 50, see a 50% reduction in the stock market and have that be a more true valuation of where the global economy is. I believe too big to fail created a situation where the helicopter money never ended and has expanded everything. But part of the bigger plan was all that money that was spent during the two wars in Afghan and the 30 trillion missing dollars and another 30 trillion and another 30 trillion. So boy, we're at like 160 trillion missing dollars that it's all going to be covered up in this next meltdown. Yeah. And this meltdown has been coming for a long time. And I've had people, it's going to drop, raise, drop, raise, drop, raise. And then it's going to hold steady and then drop, raise, drop, raise, drop, raise. And right now we're around 31,000 United mm-hmm. States stock market. That does not include the derivatives market. That does not include the stop gaps, the betting systems with inside all the insurance caps all the CDSs, CDOs, all the things that created 2008 in the first place, those never stopped, literally never stopped. So too big to fail could be at a global level in which I don't think Schwab or any of the other big guys actually have any real attempt to make globally affecting laws, even if there is a global economic meltdown, which is an inevitability. But the thing is, who can innovate through it? Well, that, I, this I, is I just like, it. Like they're, to, they're rapidly yeah. trying to put laws in place where you cannot be self-sufficient. Correct. And at the same time, and I, I know this is happening globally, but at the moment here in Melbourne, they are using... Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to... I actually posted this, I think, on one of my social media accounts just recently. But um, back in 1938, J.D. Rockefeller, um, in a, they were talking about oil and he lobbied and got the companies to start using the term when it came to using oil to use the term fossil fuel. That's one of the best scarcity marketing aspects you'll ever see on this world. They talk about fossil fuel. It gives you the concept that things are going to run out, you know, because oil is apparently made from the, the decomposition of dinosaurs or whatever. Absolute bullshit. Oil regenerates. This planet will never run out of oil. It never will. It actually is a regenerative substance of this planet 
uh-huh. and it, it's not going to run out. So I call I call it the right. spinal fluid of the earth. That's exactly what it is. It actually is part of the big communication aspect right. of the earth. But aside from that, at the moment here in Melbourne, so we all remember, I think we all, did we all cop this around the world or was it just Australia thing? But, you know, like a couple of years ago when COVID hit in early 2020, um, toilet paper, everyone, yeah, yeah. like toilet yeah. paper raced off shelves. A bizarre <laughs> product to panic about. But anyway, um, at the moment, here we are in virus season in southern regions of Australia, and it's very hard to buy a box of tissues. Tissues are scarce. It's also, for some reason, eggs have been limited, and you can only buy like one packet, one dozen eggs at a time or something like that at the moment. Um, shelves are starting to be emptied around privileged society world, so in all of our places now, economies, under the false illusion of scarcity. Scarcity marketing is one of the most powerful forms of marketing with the human race. The delusion that you're going to miss out is enough to make you freaking panic. And at the moment, that's being used. Now, there is no reason. There's no less chickens here in Australia. Chickens are not laying any less regularly than they used to. Where the hell are all the eggs going? And so there's like, so I'm just like, there's no less chickens in Australia. Why the hell is there a limitation on eggs? What the hell's going on here? Oh, we can't get the eggs. We can't because get the, the distribute. It's all about distribution. The areas so that would take right now, the areas that would normally take ten times the amount aren't being given ten times a month because the same production they go from year to year production levels, and the production levels that are needed for this year are much higher than they were needed from the years before. Uh, this goes. I think at the moment when I'm watching it, it goes far more to the fear mongering of viruses and what's we're going to use these lockdown years to think the populace. Like we're still all of us. No, are still I'm in total. Very rich I, I, I'm total agreements with you. What I'm, what I'm trying yeah. to say is the scarcity marketing. They're using the infrastructure and um, what is it? The just in time loads and all the companies that would, had everything. Uh, no, no physical. They held no physical stock. And because they held no physical stock, they couldn't get through rough times. Like Target, all those big ones, they have a day and a half of stock stuck in their storeroom. When it used to be standard, you had three months of stock in your storeroom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, well, um, it's and that distribution is a, that is an issue. And that was a big issue two years right. ago in the lockdown years, but it's not now. It no, no, it's, it, it's, no, it's, no, it's still going. It's still going on now because companies are now bidding for loads higher than they ever did before. Yes. And certain companies are going to have the products everyone wants and other ones aren't at the same That's time. In, and we're seeing that reflect on the fact that all of us are now suffering under a rapid increase in cost of uh-huh. living. Yeah. At and the so, same time, they're bringing in uh, the um, environmental side of things. That's right. Now, are you are you aware of what's happening in the Netherlands? No, what's going on? Oh, the farmers are going off like a frog on a sock in a fry pan. They're, uh-huh. they're spraying <laughs> shit everywhere. Um, the police have fired at them. They're actually like they've um, put armor plating on some of their tractors uh, because the, the government has gone, oh, we're doing this environmental stuff and it, it's impacting all the farmers. Right, now, it's going to give a 90% fuel price increase. As well oh, as so um, that affects the food production. So you've got everything that you were talking about, as well as the controlling aspect of farming and food. Um, there was, you know, I don't know if it happened or not, but uh, Sorry, here in Victoria, they, they wanted to put a bill in where you couldn't grow food in your backyard or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like, that, was Canada, that was Canada. That was Canada. 
That's uh, no, Australia, Australia as well. Oh, no, it's happening in Australia well. too. They're trying to pass a bill where you can't actually grow veggies in your own backyard. Yeah. At the same, um, yeah, at the same time, let's let's just get some dots and easily find a um, a connection to all of them. There's been over what fifty food processing plants that have happened to f- catch fire in the last six months in the United States. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. Are they doing the whole Henry Kissinger thing is food is a weapon? And so nope. I, they're, I all see co- they're all collecting their insurance, fake insurance scam monies before they have to triple production and use that money from a bad buyout. So to get more government money to build more factories, to put more people into chicken cutting. Well, and all of it's this a big scam. To, it's a big scam. Yes. Well, it's all coming back to the fact that, yeah, we're going to see a financial collapse. That's what's meant to happen. All this of is, that. This has been engineered. It, this has been yeah, engineered for a long time. The yeah, thing is, the elites have been right. The elites <laughs> have been living off of the power vacuum from when the presidency had to give up all of its power to to save the too big to fail. And all of the world governments are afraid to tell the corporations pay off your debts because all the corporations have been doing since 2008 is buying back their own stocks and ripping people off left and right. Yeah. Yeah. They're totally out of control. And the Great Reset, which I still don't believe in, is an attempt to shake the choker chain of the elite wealthy who aren't following the elite's wealthy, super elite wealthy's plan. Yeah, the, well, the let's look at the, diver- the price digressing of, from the narrative. Yeah, let's right. look at the price of oil, petrol, gasoline. It has many names. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Australia, uh, in Victoria, yes. which apparently has got the highest in Australia, we're, I'm not sure about today, but yesterday, floating around $2.40 a litre. Yeah. And so um, in a gallon, it's four and a half litres per gallon. So do the math. Uh, and this is uh, in March, the government cut their excise in half. So it was 44 cents and it's now 22 cents. That kicks back in in September. So that means we'll probably be paying a $2.50, over $2.50 a litre in September. Yeah. And the, uh, the price of an oil barrel is less than last year. And we've been gouged and the government's doing, I mean... <laughs> I'm not a big fan of government doing things, but this is allowed. It's been allowed to happen. Is basically, the, and that's no. This that's, has been engineered to happen. Big difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It's been engineered, so it's been allowed. They could stop it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it that way. No, I, I think I think what they're doing right now is is setting it to have a meltdown. And then they're going to put the Fed back in the center of of the news presence and people are going to trust the Fed over the presidency. And then the presidency is going to attempt to earn back its power because I've always said, even from the last set of prediction shows, it's a matter, do they melt the economy down before the midterm election or after? If they want to guarantee a Democratic win, it's got to be before. Okay. That means well, well, pretty damn soon or comes right after the election when the Democrats lose to the Republicans left and right. Yes. yes so they can blame. Yeah. Uh, the, but Joe has to go. Well, I agree, but he's going to use this, this, this crisis to his advantage. And this crisis has been engineered to his advantage. He's the person in power. Yeah. I, Do I he think has- he'll succeed? Do I think he succeed? No, I don't. No. no. Okay. Because he has no messaging, no capacity, he's dead in the office, dead short of them full, fooling him up full of cocaine the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know where he fell off the bike? Someone actually has spray painted Joe fell here. 
so it's a national monument, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get. So I'm going to visit Andrew, and we're going on a road trip. I want to see where Joe Biden fell over and then stood up and went straight to an eight year old for um to sniff back the energy. Sniff back the energy, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but that's what actually happened. He got up and went straight to a child and started talking to them. And it's like, are you trying to revive yourself because you took damage points from a from the road? Roll a twenty cent dice of oh look a a, a eight year old well, he, healer. He, he has a negative d- dice roll there because he sold. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh dear. And so um yeah, I think well pl- dare I say politically in the United States we have to wait for the midterms because everyone wants to need they need the the result from that action if that makes sense. Or they do it before that because the polling tells them they're fucked. Yeah, uh, that I believe. But there's other reasons to do it before, too, because it can influence the election. It all depends you know, how fast the two parties come together under the illusion of fixing it. Thus, 2008, Congress basically was browbeaten into pass this now or we die. And they never yeah, they- read the bill. They passed a gigantic bill and never read it. Yeah, because they were threatened. Uh, the members of yeah. Congress were threatened with uh, there'll be mass riots and and uh, total chaos, right? And which started a whole big process of passing bills that were never read. Mm. Okay, now that illusion of governments coming together is a giant thing that they're going to try to exploit to their benefit. Okay, again, if it comes before or after, I I don't know. I really don't know. But it's going to come. And when it does, you know, you're looking at cyclical raises and falls, raises and falls. It's going to look balanced. It's going to fall again. But it'll, it'll be a point for the Democratic governing ruling body to save face and possibly turn an election around. Will they do it? I don't think so. But that's, that's what's being set up. Andrew, on a completely different topic, but one that's important in the chat room. Where can people find your um, the heart-centered session that you do? That it's about relationships. It's I know it's on YouTube somewhere, isn't it? Because where Albert was saying that he's never been in a relationship, we're all saying you need to do the advanced heart meditation. Andrew's oh, that, that that's how that, that whenever you sign up at the website, it's you should get it. And if you just go to Friends of Andrew Bartz's on Facebook. And the file section, just look for heart meditation, advanced heart meditation. All right, Albert, there you go. Yeah, that's been out for, <laughs> it's, part, it's part of living the mystical life daily. But it's not going to hurt anyone to go there and do that. It's really powerful work. So I <laughs> figured we'll just put yeah. it out there to the whole crew. And so it makes sure people find it. I mean, I've um, done those documents so many times and I've been the creator of them. And I know how potent and power when people actually mm. use them. And there's a bunch of others that when done in conjunction with that, when you really learn a lot about the basics of self-nurturing and self-healing and self-love, so that self-mastery means something to you. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> those those so, journeys yeah. to, to mastery have many different angles and, and, and perceptions in it that you have to learn to master. You know, being yeah. able to go from talking politics to spirituality I've honed that within my, within myself, just like you've honed your conversational topics and Monty's honed his. You know, there, there's the proverbial every night before we go to sleep, we're taking our knife over the grinding stone for the next day. <laughs> yep, and I use comedy and 
the the dark don't like being made fun of because <laughs> yeah. yeah when, when there's um the uh thank you catherine just uh being a bit cheeky in the old chat room there uh when <laughs> like well um Let's just, I don't know, have you heard of the Nazis from Germany in the 1930s? They may have been mentioned recently. The The first thing they did when they clamped down um, to, you know, make it all national socialism is, yeah, you, you arrest the intellectuals and the artists because you, right. you the thinkers where you can go, hang on, this plan's going to screw everybody. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, um, and that's the other sucky part about uh, the cost of living going through the roof. The entertainment industry is one of the first to get hit and certain things um, survive because people just stay, oh, we'll go to the movies, but we won't go to the pub and, and have a counter meal and then, uh, oh, there's a stand-up night and so on and so forth. Right. And being an entertainer at the moment kind of sucks. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm having headset head where my headset just will not fit perfectly. It's creating suction in my head. So I need to take these headsets <laughs> off. Excuse me. If my audio sounds weird, let me know. Okay. This oh. is new. <laughs> you ever had a moment where the headset just starts sucking on your ear and just gets like, yeah, I've been wearing it all day long. I have, I mean, apart from um, my cat is, is my, my mistress. Andrew, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people will wonder why why I have one ear. Is I can't uh, if I have it on. I need to hear my voice uh, naturally. Not I. I'm not a fan of my own inner inner voice. Well, that I well, you know what I mean. Yeah. When I when I use my vocal cords, I need to hear it bounce off uh, outside of me instead of just you know rattling around my brain. <laughs> So does anyone else have the headset head issue go on when you've been wearing it for too long? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice afro, right, by the way, uh, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. It was held back by the headset. Yeah. Oh, no, I know there's an afro. There's a funny story. So I had accidentally bought the wrong uh, uh, hair so, uh, shampoo. And I bought a, an all-in-one conditioner, stuff that I don't normally use. And when I used it this morning, I got out and I was drying my hair and it just went, poof, just went, poof, because it's so humid <laughs> here and it will and, not relax. I even use this Andrew, hair relaxer yeah, stuff and, 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 it, and it wouldn't go down. Andrew, put your hands up like this and say aliens. No, exactly. no, no, no. It's like, not in your hair, just like Giorgio. No, just in front of your face like this. It's possibly aliens. Possibly aliens. Yes, because you've got the same hair as him. <laughs> because it, 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 because I used that all-in-one shampoo conditioner and it, and it went foof. <laughs> and it's got uh, a big wave in it and everything. And no matter how much I come and relax or the whole thing, it's just today it is like it's like pure afro. Yeah, it's weird. I'm I, I've been battling, not battling. I I, I I genetically have dandruff, whatever that crap is, and I I use Selson. I'm going to drop some products here. I like Selson Blue. <laughs> it works. Uh, and I moved here, and it comes back with a vengeance. Like I remember telling you, uh, Melissa, it's not flaky I've stuff. No, it, it it's like <laughs> eggshell. That's it's hardcore on the back of my head, and because it's winter and blah blah blah. But I, I bought some head and shoulders and it made it worse. And this has happened a couple of times where I've bought a product that's supposed to help it 
defeated, but it usually helps it get worse. There you go. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get at. Um, uh, like I had um, feet fungus for whatever reason, and I got some stuff from a local chemist, but it was man-made. And it went from my ankle and nearly got up to my knee. And like, I'm going to stop using this. It's actually making it grow. Then the great coconut oil came in and it basically disappeared in about two weeks. It just, you know, that whole natural thing. So yeah, the head and shoulders, not a fan, but Celsius Blue is like, yep, we are at bay. And so that's why I keep scratching my head because I've got eggshells <laughs> in the back of my head. It's annoying. And it's not and also like being a scalp and, massage or hairbrushing everyone. It's actually, it's something genetic that goes on with Mont's head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so. and being a metalhead, when you, you go for the head bang, you, the hair flies, but so does the dandruff and the nits. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't want to create a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A completely it's always... different topic. But I just thought, seems what we're recommending movies and stuff. Um, uh my girls, my twins are about to turn 10. And in the last few weeks, we've been on school holidays, which is, you know, the winter school holidays fun. But uh, actually, we've had a ridiculously fun time. And uh, because it's been rubbish weather and freezing cold, we've been watching a lot of movies and stuff. And my girls are really, really, um, Monty's very proud of this. They're really into Star Wars now. And um, good, we're good. really into it. Oh, my God, they've caught on so much. But they watched a movie that I've never really been into that um, this is, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's called Night at the Museum, the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they turned around and said to me, uh, or Serafina turned around and she said to me, Mum, I want to learn more about history. Let's go to the library. And I said, you know, that's a really good idea, except libraries just aren't like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, uh, but we can go to the library if you want to, you know, we can go and check it out. And, um, and I said, we're better off to head to the museum if you want to go and learn some stuff like that. But I said, if you really want to learn about history, though, I want you to turn on a show called Horrible Histories. And there's this fantastic show. It comes out of the UK. Uh, fantastic show called Horrible Histories. I could sing the song of it. It's, <laughs> and uh, it's very comedic. And, um, and I forgot how freaking good it was because my eldest daughter, who's almost 21, she came to me at a similar age and said, I want to learn about history. And I put her, then I put her back onto Horrible Histories. And um, it's very funny. And it's also extremely informative. And it's uh, and I'm, as I'm discovering it, she's watching it every morning because um, we're, you know, we're streaming episodes. Um, it's also it's that amazing, again, that quote about how history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. Mm. And, it's, um, and so it's um, because you can look at the history. Of, I mean, some of my favourite episodes on there are things about the Crusades. Um, that's an hysterical one. <laughs> but, uh, they're just, they bring up all sorts of stuff about horrible histories but if you want to have a bit of a laugh and have a look at uh, have a look at history of humanity and what's going on with it and a comedic and yet accurate um communication of what the human Ooh, race has done to uh, itself uh, yeah i wouldn't say accurate as much, but if you really want to blow their mind this chap that's with us has done like 20 half hour episodes about the galactic history that will blow their heads off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. uh, so wait, wait, wait. So we've been we've been doing this merry-go-round, rhyming and repeating for fifty-two million years. That's right, Serafina. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know. Probably, That's why some people are really tough with my teachings. <laughs> You've got to remember yes. that they're my kids. I know. No, jump in there. Yeah, they're my kids, and then she, and she hasn't quite hit 
teenage yet because teenagers like there's there's three phases in the human existence where you're very human and uh you kind of lose contact with all that is and all that you are for Mm -hmm. a little bit Uh, one is when you're giving birth the other is when your parent your your parent dies like your physical parent that's a karmic thing um and the third is when you're a bloody teenager and all you are (laughs) oh yeah i remember when i remember when we knew everything yeah remember when we knew everything yeah as a teenager (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um when when you feel ready i recommend uh showing the lance uh white interviews with andrew and because like uh they're only what half hour episodes 20 20 to half an hour 20 to 20 20 to 24 minutes each. according to the clock but however it's andrew off tap and so he probably he puts in so much information it does feel like 45 minutes when you're watching it, there is a time uh, dilation in there in a, in a positive sense because you have so much info. Uh, I think you mentioned what it's about thirty percent <laughs> of what's being shared, but it's a it's it's a good way through because yeah. if they delve enough into history, you realize, hang on, the two brothers in Egypt lived four hundred years apart. Yeah. How did they do that? <laughs> so it's yeah, if you get far enough, in, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I was telling you that the other night when we were when we were doing we our chatting, chatting off air, it's about I've told about thirty percent in the four hundred or two hundred eighty hours of galactic history I've done, and then the the other stuff that's kind of galactic history and healing at the same time, mm-hmm. certain aspects that we all got to work work with of our ancient selves, so that our present selves still have access to how ancient we truly are, and understand mm-hmm. how our ancestors can provide energy to us without influencing us to go their direction but to choose our own direction that's why knowing our past is so vital and important yeah because the we get to make the right choices for us from our generations yeah so many of them didn't get to make proper choices because they weren't informed about how the universe worked true and uh, you can see that since the last ice age which is thirteen thousand years ago ish and our history uh, in main, in mainstream history is uh, it starts with the peak of Sumeria. Like it doesn't build up. It's like, no, this is it. And then it slowly collapsed. And so that's like 5,000, 6,000 years. Uh, you know, like the Bible. Well, apparently history is only 5,000 years old, but you keep finding stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the planet's 4 billion years old. And there's, especially if they're um, very, I know they're intelligent. And so that you make connections, you start going, wait a minute, how did this, 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 and this, yeah, bring up Lemuria and Atlantis and historians are like, what? <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like um, Adam's calendar. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Adam's calendar, Michael uh, Tallinger in South Africa does. Um, if I can find it, I'll send you the, the link, Melissa. It's fair. Kerry Cassidy from Project Camelot goes over there and yeah. they find this, um, what is it? It's not a, it's not a hinge. It's sort of like a sundial. What is it exactly, Andrew? Adam's calendar. It's a, it's a, it's a calendar to tell them when to do planting, when to oh, accept, yeah. uh, understand rough, weather, cha- weather stuff, changes. It's, 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 it's like a, like a, like a big almanac with other features too. Yeah, and it's just stones in a circle, and they actually get it. Finally, get a geologist out there, and it's like, yeah, these are very old. It's it, it's the, at least two hundred and fifty million years old, 
and you can actually see where uh like the there's um, all these stone circles where the anunnaki were uh mining gold and um he gets two the the very thin type of uh rocks and he hits two of them and he says yeah this is very this is vibrating at 3.5 gigahertz oh <laughs> and so then um there are these stone rings that are maybe four feet tall and they're called goat pens, but they're spread all over the entire African continent. There's like 30 million of these rings all over Mm. and these rings all connect to each other Mm. and have river lines that connect to bigger lines. And what it is, it's an energy collection system from the earth that feeds into the calendar. Yeah. And the calendar is on the the edge of a massive, massive uh, valley. And he, uh, Michael actually points out, and you can see three different um, bumps, and mm-hmm. they're clearly they are pyramids. But two hundred million years ago, or two hundred fifty thousand years ago, whatever the number, a long time ago, uh, <laughs> there was a tidal wave that came down um, Africa. The, I think an asteroid hit near in the Mediterranean or something like that. And you know when you um, you look at a, a river and you have a rock and all the sediment is uh, collects behind the rock because it's not being mm-hmm. interfered by the... F- exactly the same thing. You've got like a pyramid, except for uh, this one angle where it's a slow decline down and you go, and all three of them are pointing the same way. Right. And it's like, well, clearly, yeah, you can see where yeah, a lot of water did that. Well, yeah. the thing is the harvesting of energy is what charged up the, the tele- mass teleportations and transportation systems. Because that tapped into the deep underground mines that the original skin suits, the underground miner skin suits, whether they're African-American style people, white, yellow, it didn't matter. They had specific things in their DNA that allowed them to function deep underground for long periods of time without entering extreme fear states. Yeah, I just realized why we don't have a HBO special. Right. And there would have been like three to four billion underground living beings mining that entire area. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah so yeah i melissa uh galactic yes. history oh, of andrew <laughs> that was the subterranean farm that then came to the surface after the series of failures at the surface because the surface was destroyed and they yeah. had to rebuild and the surface after the each disaster now what i find interesting now i'm, I'm not fishing for um answers uh because you know um answers come to me when they need to because <laughs> you know i I like how I, I know I'm not all there. Is that how you describe me, Melissa, spiritually? <laughs> it's like, I can do it. <laughs> like an eight-year-old's like, no, I can tell my own shoe, right, mom? Go away. Literally uh, ignorant is how I call it. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah. I, except for I do have flashes of um, spirituality. It's I have this knowingness, which I like, you know, I found out do alien exists type thing. I, I had a, an experience and I'm like, yeah, fine. And never had anything else. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's true. And then go and I, I explore. Oh, that's real. And then I retreat back into myself. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> uh, the boys season three's on. I'll watch that. And so <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, oh, so oh. Michael no. Tellinger has not just stuff on Adam's calendar, but all sorts of really advanced stuff that puts into perception the African historical timeline, which has been bastardized in our modern societies, bastard histories. Yeah. Already. yeah he keeps battling I mean, historians. Like right. they will not go anywhere near him, even though he has evidence that just something simple, right. like, you know, these stones are in a circle, blah, blah, blah. And it smashes the illusion of the mainstream uh, idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's simple stuff so too. Like, well, this was the, the stone is this old and it's been in this position. So therefore humanity was back. And it's just a little, it's just a, a crack. I, in, I, I, in, I get in, it. Yeah. The same thing's done to the Mayans the, the, and the, all the South Americans and ja- Chinese and Japanese pyramids. All the sacred sites have been, have been forced into a history that isn't real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember what right. I was going to say now. Convenient history. Um, with the, the spiritual aspect of multiple lives and, you know, not bleed through, but there's knowingness where I know I existed in Rome. And when I was younger, I was just fascinated with the, the Olympics and Romans. I mean, yes, I was reading Asterix. Uh, but my point is where sometimes the joy of going into history, there's... Um, it's not um, a, a past life flashback, but there's stuff that interests you because there's that bleed through or, uh, you know, a collection of DNA or experiences where you're not told anything about that life because that will ruin the moment, spoil the moment. But you remember, you remember the flavors or, you know, some people love horseback riding. Guess what? They're probably part of Genghis Khan's hordes. Uh, and you know what I mean? Where, yeah, the, part of the joy of history is like that resonates with me. Like I've got a fascination with Japan. And um, uh, when I was with uh, one of my girlfriends, Tara, who you met, Melissa, yeah, um, I had a flash of uh, her and I on the rooftops in Tokyo in 1500s, having a sword fight and she stabbed me in the kidney. Now I didn't blame her, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's those, um, Maybe because you're all connected, you may not know what I'm talking about. But from a 3D human point of view, it's fascinating. Uh, so, any, um, any woman that Monty second. dates hold has hold a fascinating history. Yeah. Robert, are you there? I am here. Can you pull up a random number generator off of Google? And we'll set up the parameters between zero and 25,000 years ago. And we are going to randomly look at a time. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, I think like it's Melissa. You may miss what Melissa just said. My girlfriends all have connections from past lives. I have Big this time. feeling inside, yeah, it's like the change that we're going through, whatever this experience is. I think a lot of souls are going through um, their checklist and they're trying to go, oh, I've got to get rid of that. Got to, yeah, a lot of soul contracts have been um, completed Ooh. before the change. Could be wrong, but I like the idea. Yes. Well, a lot of relationships are going to have those things entangled in them. It's what keeps them funded as relationships. Yeah. All right. So here we go. We have a random number generator. And so the max, let's change the max to 1 million years. (laughs) Let's just hit generate twice and see what we're going. There we go. All right. We got a big 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 variety here all right robert spin up your wheel of random number (laughs) finger and hit generate there we go 480,613 years ago 418,613 years ago or that was right in the middle of the atlanteans and lemurians actually in negotiations realizing through their scientists that are each other's ancestors because they began the conversation of time travel damage and they yeah. wanted to know what the fallout from their society was it was not it was it was not unusual to meet people lost in time so they were actually in their like big meeting when all of their kind of scientists realized hey 
we are them and they are we. And we got to yeah, stop kidding each that. other right now because we're creating something we can't undo. And the only way to do it is to everyone work together and trust everyone. We're all the people that are outside of time. They have to put them far ahead of this time. So all those things lost in time, trillions of Atlanteans and Lemurians from thousands of different planets had to be redirected through space time to a time that was where the Lemurians and Atlanteans realized what they are 200,000 years into the future. So yeah. on that date, on that date is where they reached the apex point where they first sent the first group forward. The first group, group people who would be in the ancient future always had a wave of destruction. Mm. Yeah, when they realized that they're the ancestors of each other, obviously their level of consciousness would be more accepting because if that happened now, everyone would be in denial about it because... It's the idea is too big for our little brains. I would agree with that. That's why I'm trying to describe it in such a way that yeah. people can, you know, perceive it's, what had happened before was time travel annihilation. Not the timelines that the beings that had lifelines no longer existed as timeline genocide. And all those beings who had life lifetimes as a living being in light, who had their time erased and replaced by something else, had to figure out how to get back in time. Now, which is interesting with like how entertainment is going full multiverse. Um, I think the Marvel did it so everyone's um, following along. But by having entertainment share the idea of a multiverse in their stories, <laughs> people will probably be uh, more accepting of what you're saying because the, the idea has been put into their heads. Sure. So mm -hmm. the, the, the last thing I'll say about is putting things forward in time. So the 418,613 years ago, that would have been what I re represent as critical mass. I mean, the Atlanteans and the Murians knew if they didn't start combining resources and time travel equipment and sending all of their peoples forward in time, 200,000 years, as a massive leap, because the, er the, the erasure wave was trying to catch up to those people putting themselves back in time. And there's a whole bunch of time mechanics where think of it like a giant time hurricane. That's why I called it the hairball. Was looking to erase things that were balancing the subject, which is why the galactic ascension machine was actually built. To give a place where those outside of time can earn their way back in time on five simultaneous timelines through the whole galactic ascension machine, all the 65, 66 planets that are a part of the solar system, which could actually reduce the potentiality of infinite karma creation to a finite creation. What Now, in a linear timeline, is there a point where they stop because they realize they achieved it, or will we have Atlanteans popping up in 2025? We already have Atlanteans popping up in 2025. That's why we uh -huh. remember so much about it. Oh, okay, all right, because yeah, um, you know, it, it, you know, logic, you know, right. logic is that if they can time travel, obviously they would f go further down the timeline to see if it's going well. And I know you have mentioned there are uh, people in the future coming back, going, oh, "What the? F you know, I'll be Australian about this. What the fuck are you people doing?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that shit is going on. What is this, Robert? That's a lovely bit of. Oh, there we go. <laughs> all right, so we want to do one more. Generate. Mm -hmm. 
951,216 years ago would have been that would have been after right after a massive reptid invasion and they're re, they're regrowing the outside surface of the world. Um, oh. This would have been the reptids <laughs> who er, much later around 160,000 years ago, come in and start buying up property quite literally because beings are leaving earth and selling space. It's like giving up your condo apartment and then you become part of the homeowners association of the planet. <laughs> okay. So at that time they would have, they would just finished a reptoid when they'd be rebuilding the surface. Literally, it could take you know continents that are destroyed to be rebuilt in weeks. So when you say selling space, what were they selling? Literally, space to take over their position in the genetic experiment that was here to maintain oh. a surface farm that they would sell on the black market as DNA manipulations. Because human DNA is one of the most valuable things on the black market. Yeah. Yeah. We're more special than you know, you guys. <laughs> That's why I, I always say, you know, uh, I'm going to ascend, but this time I'm taking the body with me. You can't take it with you. The fuck I can't. <laughs> why, you know, this is new. So why can't I do that? So Frida asked a really good question here. Andrew, does the history you describe have, has any relation to current situation? Absolutely. It does. The millennials who are coming in now are some of the mid-level in the giant refugee train through forwarding in time. This is maybe the sixth or seventh wave out of 5,000 waves to come. And this group is radically different than the ones that came first. The ones that came first are the ones that are going to secure the society, have the biggest spiritual contracts to the planet's you know, repopulation process, you know, making sure that humanity never ceases existence. Because those would also be the first to go into the next future if the time, just the time erasure wave were to catch up. And they did this on other worlds too. They tried to branch, branch out the, the recovery to thousands of other worlds is what's, and it's what triggered, you know, for lack of better worlds, a federation of powerful light beings to come together and come to this spot in space time and go, no, 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 you can't do this anymore. This is getting out of control. Yes. Powerful words. So yeah. understanding, understanding that history. So what did the reptoids do? Well, they dropped weapons on the surface that turned light into negative light. And yeah. caused the very space itself to warp together. And they had to use technology to unravel the warped realities on the surface of the world and re literally reshape the surface because they, they can't do that. They have control of the main the main systems that's Earth. Earth is the most fortified planet planet in, in like a tremendous only long time in universal history. You can beat up its shell, but you'll never penetrate its core. I was going to shell can be, and the shell what, can be recreated really, really fast. What, what's what's the um, position of the actual planet going through all this? Planet's fine. It just has a series of spiritual contracts where it has to deal with its internal structure, the beings that it's put in charge of managing different sets of beings, and there has to be a change there. Mm. And then the planet itself, it won't leave us. 
it will grow in size. Like I have said, our planet at one point was much larger than it is. Planets as consciousness grows, get bigger. And as consciousness descends, it gets smaller. Hmm. So a yeah, very simple question. What's, what is happening now? What, what experience are we here for? A reintegration of, of, of humanity's best aspects. Mm-hmm. So that's Yes, sort of, but yeah. there are other types of human beings on other worlds who don't have emotions like we do. Mm-hmm. They don't I don't know how do I put this? It's Spock is logic is not the right word. Um, street aware. We'll start with that. Oh, yeah, street wise, yeah. So they have a form of limited form of telepathy that creates a natural trust in their environment. Mm-hmm. If something super negative were to come in, would be like a bunch of minds would be like, warning, 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 like when like a bunch of birds are are telling another type of bird to get away. Yeah, you'd hear it right away, mm. which fundamentally changes their society. Mm. Okay, and then others who are highly industrialized, and everything is down to the greed of numbers from birth. Imagine that type of person. Mm. A gluttony for gaining always. Yeah. And virtually nothing ever goes wrong for them. There's always more to gain. Okay. Which then puts them into a temptation process of what can't I do? And they will purposely Mm. break rules and get caught. So being, I don't like earthling because it's uh, ling is like halfling or, you know, it sounds like a child. So being an earther, that's uh, where a unique form of humanity or a human in the galaxy. We're about to meet many more unique forms of humans. Yeah. Yeah. And realize that um, we're one big family. Mm. You just reminded me of a book that um, an old friend of mine who's no longer on this planet. um, well, Well, he is in many ways, but not human. Um, and I'm sure many of you guys have heard of the fabulous Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Wayne wrote a book years ago called Gifts from Icus. Um, now, it, Hay House and all the big publishers and everyone that loved Wayne refused to publish it. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's actually, um, it's, it's, it's called Gifts from Icus. Icus is spelled E-Y-K-I-S. Um, Wayne gave me a copy of it himself. And uh, he actually, my very first publisher, agreed Um when I went to my first publisher and I published my first book, which is now 20 years ago, um, they actually, this tiny little publisher in, in Australia, um, published Gibbs Rikers. I don't know where you can get it now. I'm sure you can find it. Um, I have a hard copy that he gave me, but it's actually a discussion where Wayne travelled and between worlds to another world of a different uh, the exact sort of human that Andrew's describing. Humans, Icus is actually another form of the human form. And she um, describes her world that has far less emotional. They don't operate from a place of guilt and they don't operate from like, you've got to read it, grab it and read it. And right, it'll give you a great idea a, of what Andrew's talking about. They have a collective agreement to share basic psychic information. Yes, Warning, they do. And the society relax. is so much more yes. balanced there. Yes. It's, um, and it's just, 
look, I, Monty's heard me say this a million times to people that all of this existence here on this planet comes from vibration. Um, and one of the lowest vibrations that you'll find in the human is emotion, but it is the most essential vibration to live with, to succeed at being human. Because uh, it makes about, memory, it makes memories more potent right. than not in chemical. The, right. It is the ultimate creator of everything that you want. Like it's it's of everything you don't want too, but it is the ultimate creation tool. And it is um and so emotion is essential. And, and I often say to people, if you want to learn how to be human, how to truly be human and successfully, so you want to go to India and go out of the cities and meet people in India. They're brilliant at being human. They are, it's just, there's places on this planet you can learn. That's it, Gibson Micah, thanks for putting that out there. Um, but, and I'm not, I don't get any kickbacks from that. I don't know if anyone does, to be honest, because as I said, all the big publishers that loved Wayne and made millions and millions of dollars off him um, would not touch it. And it's, <laughs> and so definitely a book worth having if you know that. If you had any dealings with Hay House or any of those, which I have. So, <laughs> like, I want to po pose this next question. Yep. Now that, that we, we got the idea that humanity is about to encounter all these other types of humanity and what unique, weird things that they have, what is it that humanity on this world is their special gift? I, I would say um, conscious evolution. Uh, it's, a, it's the cognitive integration through the subconscious server mechanism that makes this particular strand of humanity um, unique. I think the fact that they can actually pedal if they choose and so it's, but the recognition of that, there's so much falling away from, you know, the, through the 80s, the 90s, there was so much sort of stuff about mindset and understanding that your life is what your thoughts make it, you know. The actual, or, the early, or the early BC times, everything was alchemy. Same thing. Oh, it's, it's not done in a modern, the modern version of it. Okay. Well, there's um, a, a, actually another great friend of mine, a guy called William Whitecloud, um, uh, William's a fantastic South African gentleman. He's written, I can't, I've got his book right nearby somewhere, damn it. But um, he actually talks modern alchemy really, really well. Uh, his latest book, oh, come on, Melissa, what's it called? His initial book was called The Magician's Way, um, uh -huh. also a great book. And William and I met because our very first books came out the very first time and a very big publication here in Australia that doesn't do book reviews reviewed both of our books in the same um publication and so both of us met and went wow how cool was that they liked us that much <laughs> but his first book's a magician way but his most recent one which is around here somewhere i'm sorry i can't find it it's like something about secrets of natural success or something like that but that book the latest one is freaking powerful as hell um, right because they're taking a lot of the teachings that are coming out from the mystical handbooks and translating into self-help and motivation but where Which the shovel what... circle for us is those teachings come from the African circles. Sure. I was going to and bring that up the before. That come from the, 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 all the different cycles are, are, are there. What yes. I'm trying to point, point out here is what humanity's unique, unique thing is. You're talking the conscious evolution awareness. Unfortunately, that exists in many other versions of humans. It's the planet that determines how fast they can adapt to it. Oh. And what's going on in their history because humanity has a, a serious issue of fighting itself, mm -hmm. which is replayed through the Atlanteans and Murians killing each other off. 
Okay, it's an emulation of the great creators of the original technology that we were because they competed with each other. Those ancient founder beings, they, they competed with each other, and each each ever different had a different brand of humanity, but they all had the same building blocks. Well, look, my, my nine-year-old daughter watching Horrible History, she said to me yesterday, my God, through all of history, why do humans keep grotesquely killing each other? Okay, so <laughs> so what, what, what our special is. gift is, many of us are going to become the storytellers of the entire human gene, genome. Okay? We're also going to be powerful healers, too. There are plenty of other worlds that are healers, too, but we're going to have to offer our wisdom of what it, the fuck it took to get through this shit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, the, no, pool um, of, the pool of healers out there the way i uh put forward like uh we're in an experiment and we have the question was asked and now we have the answer and so when, when we're out in the galaxy or our universes you know i wonder what it'd be like to have a free will planet in a free will star system in a free will galaxy like i'll stop you there i'm from earth and let me tell you what that entails. Yes. <laughs> the answer is no, it's been done. And here's why you're never doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll happen. Like I've, I've had many, many, uh, like actually a uh, Brian Weiss did a past life regression on me once, which I was speaking at the same conference as him. This is years ago. Um, but I was in Atlantis and I've also, I, I match, I still look Lemurian. I'm tall, I'm blonde, I'm blue-eyed, I've got all the Lemurian stuff going on. But um, in Atlantis, I was actually murdered because uh, I, the axial initiation gave such incredible power to people to actually accelerate rapidly into what they needed to be for exactly what Andrew was talking about before. And uh, the fact that I had something that could do that um, and there was all this debate in the regression as to whether I was a Lemurian that came into the Atlantean society to show it to them um, or whether I was, in fact, Atlantean. I can't, and I can't no, recall what I could have been you either. Were both. Yeah, you, were an Atlantean, you were an Atlantean who took the same information to the Lemurians and a Lemurian that took the same information to the Atlanteans. So you can yeah. bind the timelines together. So ultimately there can be a way to save the teachings and get everybody towards the same target 200,000 years into the ancient future before anything, anything's in full creation. Yeah, it was a student I mean, exchange program. I could program. go right into the real weirdness of it because I do remember that back then I called in whales on the planet through the grid line and the electromagnetic field. The whale has always been the record keeper of this planet. She's incredibly sure. sacred. They were, and, um, they were no, they were purposely genetic engineered from whales on thousands of other worlds to sing a specific style here that the many generations would be able to master the whale singing groups, all the different groups, which created the galactic communication process between celestial frequencies. Because before that, celestial frequencies weren't linked like they are now. Think of it like a galactic uh, in, uh, internet. That allowed yes. celestial sources to meet each other in a way that didn't require their children to expand to that direction and find karmas. And that mm. is why Star Trek Four was very popular. Yep, it was about whales. Because uh, uh, have you seen Star Trek Four, Melissa, at all? No, I'm, I'm write it down here. Star Trek. Yeah, Star 4. Trek Four. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> remember um, a couple of shows ago, I was like, uh, you were talking whales. about whales, are like, oh, that reminded me of Star Trek Four. And short version is, I bought all. 10 films on Blu-ray. Anyway, uh, in Star <laughs> Trek 4, uh, a probe from, I think it's a completely different universe and it's been traveling for you know eons, turns up to Earth and they figure out 
it's it's producing whale song because they had a colony here on earth uh, but they became extinct 150 years earlier and that's why they realized hang on we've lost communication with this planet send a probe to see what's going on so captain kirk and the crew go back in time to 1984 and they get two humpback whales and then spoiler alert they make it but they take the the whales back to the future uh where um that they happen and because the whales actually uh they answer the probes call and the probes like oh you're here cool uh, obviously they gave an update of like yeah we've slowly been killed but we're here now and the probe goes yeah cool turns around and goes back and so i'm wondering subconsciously or sub spiritually people connected with that <laughs> because it's like oh the whales i have, man. No, I have no no doubt that as yeah more of human history gets revealed and people get through the traumas of what's there they realize how integrated the animal life is to the great process that was the galactic ascension machine mm. dogs and cats parrots birds all the little local pet things you can think of to the point people have fish tanks saltwater fish tanks in 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 moscow mm. bringing unique life to all these different places all of that is a part of the greater life-giving force that is the living breathing surface world it's not just the cows on the farm it's everything that allows the cows on the farm to have great experiences too mm -hmm. all those yeah. are a part of it and so they will be given conscious rights duties responsibilities just like a any other global citizen Oh, look, well, back in Atlantis, I called them in for the power and, and everything they could bring in to help both of these societies to evolve and, and amalgamate, which didn't work terribly well. But, and then I got murdered because they thought I was, the, you know, the corrupt didn't like it. No, you were uh, a heretic. You were a heretic. <laughs> you were a heretic. They were, um, they, listen, the Atlanteans were, 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 for lack of better word, Bible thumpers on their own stuff. Yeah, they were. They really were. To the point that Very they were arrogant. Driven. Yeah, to the point that they were arrogant. Okay, And the Lemurians weren't that different. They believed there's nothing was any better than their science until you say, yeah, well, you lost time travel wars, didn't you? And they're like, right. and they get all huffy and show their attitude and their vanity. Okay. <laughs> um, recently, and I'm talking recently, it was actually last Sunday, it was actually my birthday. And I spent the day, I actually woke up in the morning, went up to our little beach shack on this incredibly spectacular, very remote um, surf beach that I grew up on here in Australia. And I went up to, uh, went over to the beach on sunrise, climbed the sand dunes and looked out. And sure enough, there were humpback whales out there. Uh, it's the time of year for them to move through. And so I actually... <laughs> Did I mention how freezing cold it's been? I had a steamer on, which is like a you know, full body um, wetsuit, and uh, went out into the surf and thought I'll go out and actually connect with them. So I was going to go out to the second sandbar, but then I was told not to buy a very large fin. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so as come I was, here, little was, human. The, the whales await you. I shall guide you to them. Yes, yeah, just imagine right. these sharks. The sharks have a German accent for some strange reason. I just <laughs> <laughs> nine. Stay. Get back on the beach. Um, it wasn't a great white. It was a, a very big bronze whaler, which is still a nasty guy if, if he thinks that I look like a seal. Which, bear in mind, I was wearing a full body black wetsuit. I did look like a seal. <laughs> So, so, so human. So, well, why do they attack you? Well, I uh, we have to kill sharks. 
when the shark came, enters my, my lounge room and looks like a pot roast, then we'll talk. <laughs> so I body surfed back in. <laughs> and so back into the beach and just went back up in the dunes and chatted with the whales. And, um, and for me, that's like the best birthday ever. Like for me to go and just reconnect with them and actually chat to them. Um, I've always had that amazing, incredible love and respect for them. And so it was just the coolest thing ever. But it was um, but the shark. I, I'm not, as you could probably hear, I'm not terribly terrified of sharks. Um, I actually really love them as well. They're really beautiful. But, um, but this guy was just doing the whole, hey, you know, food's pretty scarce at the moment. <laughs> Do you really want to <laughs> risk it? And so, um, yes, to Catherine that's just mentioned Wow Rider, I was going to mention it too. My, of my top five favourite films, and I love film. Um, but in my top five is the movie Whale Rider. It is one of my favourite films. It's a New Zealand film and it is mm. spectacular in its nuance and auspice. It's very beautifully done. Um, definitely have a look at that. You guys write that one down, Whale yeah, Rider. You, you learn a lot about the Maori culture as well, especially um, how uh, it is in the, modern, in the modern times. And because the Whale Rider, uh, I think in the movie, it's usually a male. Uh, but it's a young girl that actually achieves it. And there was, there's a little bit of tension between her and the tribal leader and he's teaching the young boys. You you can see why, you can see why I think it's, is it 1840? The British actually had to write a treaty with the Maori because the Maori stopped them. And all they had was basically a two meter stick and trench warfare. And the Maori, if you met a Maori, you know, once were warriors, I mean, it's a great (laughs) film, but the the term is, actually true because they stopped the british army uh that early right but um so, so guys do we want to take at a time where the feminine's being so assaulted you want to watch whale rider um it's also incredibly important for what's occurring with the feminine at the moment and how she's coming forth without you they can do what they like she's coming forth Oh, yeah. did you see what Bette Midler, Bette Midler actually has got into the fray because she released a tweet saying they're attacking women, they're calling us um, uh, menstrual bleeders and uh, birthing, you know, you know, we're actually women. And, of course, uh, and, and Macy Gray as well, and she basically, all your death threats, whatever, I'm just saying what I like, F off. <laughs> like, I like Macy Gray. Not at her music, but her. <laughs> all right, guys, do we want to take phone calls? Yes, we've got some time left. We've only got a couple of minutes, but yes. Are there any chicken shits? They're going to raise their hands and talk to the three of us? Apparently not. (laughs) Do you have Um, questions, comments? Oh, there it is. All right, this is how we raise hand. Or you can just do what I do and put your hand up so long that Zoom naturally puts your hand up. I don't think people are, oh, that's nice a nice, that's a, oh, oh, nice palette. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Jewel X wall color chart. Yeah, we got some hands raised now. Okay, All right, Robert, spin up the wheel here. of colors. All righty, I go with the first person, Catherine. Signal to unmute, Catherine. Catherine, are you there? Hi there, I am. Hi. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from California. Oh, Welcome soul. to the show. Do we make you laugh today? Oh, very much so, and and such a joy. Thank oh, you thank so much you. for having this every week. It's wonderful. You're welcome. I was so when, we first, when we first came on the show, Catherine. I noticed your photo when we first came on. I thought, wow, she's pretty. <laughs> so, thank you. I said so the same pretty. thing when I saw yours. I was like, wow, what a good picture. <laughs> 
This is not a dating show. <laughs> but we're having a good laugh, so we're on target still. <laughs> yes, yes. It's all part of my cunning plan. I wanted to know, um, I, I wasn't sure if this was a good time to ask if I could get a sense of sort of the origin or the you know, sort of the galactic history of, of coming here and being here. I'm not sure if this is the, the time to sort of ask, you know, soul family, that kind of a, what planet origin, that kind of question. Can you be more specific with that? Like, is it your question relative to you or to? Yes. The whole? Yes. I wanted to know what my, what my, um, my sort of origin for coming here. Right. At the moment, of- Andrew's frozen. <laughs> this life's terrible. <laughs> like, are you talking about this particular lifetime? Because, I mean, this one's a hairy one. We've chosen a hell of a time to be here, haven't we? The stuff we're getting to witness. Indeed. But, um, Indeed. Maybe I can ask yeah. you. Maybe, maybe I can come at it from a different angle since Andrew's frozen. I was wondering if any of you are feeling uh, sort of that that in in all of this that's moving we've we've had the sense of you know we talked about timelines kind of getting you know moved into having a graduating timeline do any of you get a sense of just the the holding the sacred neutral and doing things that bring you into sacred neutral i felt like this week i felt that sort of pull and tug and and I really love being able to return to that sacred neutral space and with yeah, the revocations yeah. and the way of going into that. And I love having the choice to do the mandala effect revocation to choose to remember more and to draw that in. And I just, I have such a passion for, you know, every tool that we can, you know, use to connect, whether it's for ceremony or if it's just being, you know, a vessel that's, um, connected and supporting but I don't know if you know if you just have that feeling of what I've found has been working for me for example is that in order to break free from certain narratives having their their vacuum effect when I listen to the galactic history and it brings the the way out so that you're considering you know thousands and millions of years I find that without wondering you know is it real is it not real just the experience of opening the door to the curiosity to ponder how many stories and storylines there are, I immediately feel free of the narrative. I immediately feel a sense of, of being able to kind of step, you know, have one foot in the absolute while having one foot in the relative. And and I, I it's playful, it's fun. I think that's why I kind of say I like being a curiosity farmer, you know, finding what we can. And I just didn't know what of the ones that you have that you use that are your favorite. Cause I mean, this feels like my favorite is what we get to do here. And in this work around choice and revocations is my favorite. So I didn't know if any of you have things so you can feel a sense of sacred neutrals here. Oh, I'm getting swept over there and bring yourself back into the swing. Yeah, I know a great term for that. There's uh, When I've been talking to other people about that just recently, I've been talking about a disassociative discipline. <laughs> it's like Ooh. a disassociative discipline where, um, where you do use whatever tool you can to bring yourself back to that beautiful neutrality that you're talking about. But that neutrality you're talking about, I tend to envision it like you're sitting in the seat in a theatre watching the show. You're in the front row watching the show on stage. But every now and then life happens, stuff happens around us. God forbid we go to Thanksgiving with a family or something and you get dragged onto the stage out of your seat. It's the disassociative discipline that puts you back in your seat and allows you to watch the play rather than be part of the play. Well, you know, I uh, guess the way that I feel about that is that it's to me it's a little bit more like 
when I studied martial arts for years, we would train that when the strike came out, we would block and then step in and go toward the eye of the storm, so to speak. And to me, it feels the same way. It's a matter of, of leaning into the center, knowing that there is an eye of the storm and that there's peace there while you're absolutely fully present with the swirl and the everything being there, but not swept into its um, spin, if you will, like a way to snap out of the spin. But I don't well, the know martial, that- The martial art that I do is called uh, Russian Sistema. It's one that I've ended up landing on. And what we actually do, of all the martial arts I've done and been in the military and I've done all that stuff, this martial art, it's like the fluid mirror of martial arts. It's incredibly powerful. And we actually do quite the opposite. If someone throws a punch... I allow them to completely flow through and because it's the fluid mirror and then I take their energy and move them on. I don't actually, uh, I don't engage and go into the core of the, the, you know, the eye of the storm. I actually, I do actually enter the storm to negate whatever I need to do, but I actually allow them to flow on the path they've chosen. Anything that they would inflict on me goes back onto them. It's the fluid mirror of martial arts. So while I relate to that, that's similar to what I'm saying. When you have your disassociative discipline, where you actually use whatever tool works for you. Um, for me, I raise my vibration. Uh, I get myself together. And if I can't do it on my own, then I'll ask for help. Um, I'll ask for someone else to step in and help me come back from that. And as recently, like in this, this past year, um, it's been quite the evolution for me to come back to the very core of what what truly mattered and it's required the help of people like andrew and and amazing amazing exceptional healers around the world to actually step up and say hey we can actually help you find that road back um now i just i lift my vibration in small ways um and it's like that little self-healing thing that i have when people sign up on my website they go straight to that free self-healing that's been fixed by the way everyone um but when you go to that that little mudra self-healing that's incredible for your physical biotech and re you know in healing the body but it lifts your vibration instantly and those little tools that you can use to bring yourself back and lift yourself back up. So the work that Andrew does, as you said, the, um, oh, which one did you refer to? The, um, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're incredibly powerful at bringing it back to the core of self. And that's where you need to be for that neutrality. Um, even though we're still human, we're still here to experience the stuff still going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Still but, I'm back now. I, I missed what your question was. Originally, I was asking if, if I could know what my sort of, you know, origin story was for being a soul here, where I came from, the galactic history part was my original we pa- question. We paused that while you were frozen, though. We paused that question <laughs> Okay. <laughs> while you froze. And then you went on to another conversation, which was? We were, we were just speaking about how the different tools that you offer have made it so that it's it's really supported a practice of resiliency ultimately to keep, you know, being able to return over and over to, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight and just continue to return. So what's the fundamental nature of the teachings? They're installing self-mastery journeys, Mm -hmm. self-illumination teachings, everything that's available in your DNA wisdom to unlock your immediate problems and create solutions through the direct process of prayer and communication with yourself and regaining that trust muscle with faith, which allows you to exchange energy from a higher level to a lower level. And that higher level energy in this lower level is very dense and it's very hard to burn through that. And that's the type of energy we can store in our bodies. So it's very hard for non-physical things to affect us. Yeah. 
especially extra density and extra dimensional off-worlders. You know, when you reach a certain density layers, they can't affect you. They're like a trickster spirit just waiting for you to, to leave a door open for them to take something from you and pick your pockets. Okay? And what do they discover when they pick your pockets? You know, you know, one day they may get your, your master code to your computer and you never know it. That's the nature of tricksters. And is this surface world full of tricksters? Absolutely it is. And it's full of negatives and really positives too. I love that term, retraining that trust muscle with strength. That's yeah, very with, cool. with strength and, and faith behind that strength. Yeah. I feel yeah. like faith is a flow state when it's in its, you know, it just, it feels like when you're, it, when it, it absolutely can be absolutely a flow state, but it could also be a pervasive long-term presence that grounds you for decades. That makes that makes a lot of sense yeah. as well. You know, some people like it as an anchor to this world. Yeah, it is an anchor to this world because part of the faith is to live in this world. And connects to that emotion that that also acts that, that deepens that memory and deepens that that feeling mm -hmm. about the experience. Mm -hmm. And then how we allow these memories to no longer be chemical memories, but light-based memories, meaning things that we know are going to pass on to future us's as lessons learned. That's a powerful thing to go yeah. from chemical to light. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And that's, knowing that seven, funny. eight, nine generations into the future, somebody go, yeah, what did myself say in the past? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was in a, I was in a past I was in a past life regression a number of years ago, and there was an, an a, a weird aspect of me that every every now and then would show up, and it was from a future me, intentionally going back and talking to a direct me who was in a past life regression, almost like a uh, a drunk me in the future. Going, let me go <laughs> fuck with myself. <laughs> oh <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the person we we had seen it come and go, and it, it was really just a playful energy, and it would explain where it is and what it was doing, but it would come through and like, don't buy the tiger. What? <laughs> and then oh, wow. a few days later, a person that I know recently bought tigers and they had <laughs> tiger cubs they were selling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's yeah. a big don't buy the out. tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I do love when a uh, higher self is comedic. Like we shared the the one where I did the exercise at Melissa's course, and instead of like, you know, what what is the spirit animal for the person in front of me? And I got Garfield instead of Tiger. <laughs> yeah. and until it came to the point where it became a very funny joke in my life. Like any big purchase, don't buy was don't buy the tiger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just dropping a Don't stone the in, tiger. The, in, in the time stream and ripples going out. Right. So, and then there are other times. Literally? Yeah. Were you sad to see it actually evolve literally and go, oh, damn, there it actually is? <laughs> no, I, I, was, I, was, I was not sad because the nature of the regression that I was doing, I was trying to make a collection of the many past, present, and future selves that are working and make a common, like, chat space. <laughs> that's the kind of way i describe it because the, the person i was working with understood what i was trying how knew how to put me under could tell if i was staying under or if i was sneaking to the surface or if it was my you know my different programs that would like no we're not allowing this shit to happen okay and she she knew my she knew she knew me well enough to that like yeah we got to get you deeper for this to work oh, wow 
Yeah. And just, you know, like I said, it's like a big chat room of the many, the many yous from different futures who are aware of you. Like, so like, you know, what is your future like? What's your future like? And they're like, well, our future means nothing because that's why we're watching your future. <laughs> it's we're dead without you. What? You, you, you got to sell a t-shirt. It's me, isn't it? Yes, it's me. <laughs> it's multiple me's up and down the timeline. And then understanding that these beings that are in an ancient future, do they really have a future? Sort of. They just don't have a genetic future. The same genetic future that we have. They'll have to go into artificial bodies that won't have the natural things that they were used to as, as a birthing spirit. Is it it's possible? like having to settle. It's like having to settle for a Volkswagen bug versus a Bentley. Okay. Would this body is like the, the super, super body of all the bodies. Is the playfulness that was suggested in the movie, everything everywhere, all at once, the idea that you could connect with a, a, a self in another another time and then download a skill a particular yes. skill yep. absolutely that, yes yes and is if you is there already a, a something that would create Where are, we, are, we do this we do this every day and don't realize it but we could do it more consciously sure if it was allowed and taught to us so we had confidence that we're doing it and weren't doubting it out of existence most spiritual practices that people want to practice like telekinesis telepathy etc our doubt is so high no matter how much energy you have on it it's going to break it's, it, you're going to break and then there's the external doubt and projections even if you go through extended reduction of outside projections and you have something manifest in front of you the amount of energy that it takes to do is not something you can regularly replicate until you reach those higher frequencies of storing dense light at that point you're a challenge to this reality and they're going to actively try to limit your light's creative ability. Mm. Yeah. Just like in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was fascinating that they had the example of doing something so completely opposite to what was happening to unplug from the right. reality as a, as the way of breaking through that fourth wall. Right. Like the great dildo award for the IRS agents. <laughs> <laughs> And then you you realize, oh shit, they're gonna use those dildo the dildo awards in their action scenes, which they end up doing. <laughs> they definitely had surprise. They were they harnessed surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say I, I, because it's the first action, love, comedy, time travel, all in one, and done well. And it's still about love at the end. Yeah. Okay. And then watching the family come together with all their personal issues. I mean, great. That's, that's such a great idea. We need more stories like that. Absolutely. Well, darling, thanks a lot for calling in. Let's go, go ahead and take another caller. Thank you so much, Andrew. You're welcome. All right, Roberto. Spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next. All right, Mandy Olson. I sent you a signal to unmute, Mandy. Mandy, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I just raised my hand because you called me possible chicken shit, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Technically, Monty called you the chicken shit this Monty, one. <laughs> Monty. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't say. I didn't say possible. Okay. <laughs> so, so did, did we? Did we make you laugh today? Oh yes, yes. I'm always happy when I tune in. 
Great. What did you want to yeah. talk about today? Um, I, uh, I like the flying whale birds. Is it whale birds? Are they whale uh, birds? No, no, no. So whales, whales. That, whales that live in the ocean okay. have the ability to project through vibration and photonic light vibration. And they can make many bodies all over the planet, not just in the water. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Right. So they can sing in the air too. We just don't see them. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Because they're they're yeah. a master chorus species, meaning they're they're matching the the, the celestial song of the planet. Oh, beautiful. That's why they're called individual. That's why their individual song lines where it represents the different temporal frequencies that Earth the Earth is saving as its unique teachings for its children. Yeah. Aww. And I then the elephant. So- the elephant, the who's elephant? often referred to as the whale of the land. Yep. The elephant communicates, like they communicate through a vibration through oh. through the third eye, effectively. So, believe it or not, elephants were actually brought here as a genetic manipulation because they could think extreme level multidimensional time travel strategies. That's so right. they'd grab herds of these elephants that had this uniquely protective energy and they trained them in a multidimensional language, just like you train a human being to become spiritual because they were conscious enough to be able to do it. And they essentially became living strategy computers to defend against time, time weapons. Nothing was stronger than like a herd of like 600 or 700 elephants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love uh, when the whales reunite and the love they show for one another just warms my heart. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. there's a regular reuniting of the whale clans in the North Pole Aurora Bialis whenever there's a solar flare that goes off. They all like show up there and they all, they all show up there and greet the energies coming in with song. Yeah, it's like a little it's like a whale <gasps> rave. <laughs> yeah, a whale rave, a good way of saying it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I'm gonna steal that from you. <laughs> the dance floor is fucking huge because they yes. control over twenty hundred thousand kilometers. <laughs> it's just um, no. We we need to stand in awe more and more of these ancient creatures that are actually like we're their guests. Like yeah. it's, the, it's only through their generosity that we walk the planet. So it's just, yeah, it's pretty amazing. But um, I like and- how we're the dominant species on the planet and they've, <laughs> they've got two thirds of the planet to play in. <laughs> They're intelligent, morally, more evolved. I mean, uh, I've have, I have seen people like in the mainstream say, we don't really need to go to an alien uh, planet to see something new we have the sea because the sea hasn't been totally discovered yet with everything that exists. And you've got dolphins and and whales and uh, all that element. And then the, I hate saying we, but the the controlling factor of humans tell the rest of humanity, oh, no, no, we're the best, but uh, we also have dumbed you down through education and you're useless. How many pyramid structures, the triple pyramid structures, are submerged now, but have Mm. always been there? 95% 95 of the main pyramid structures are underwater, yes. One of the most most amazing ceremonies that was gifted to me over this past birthday that I've just had was um, the local First Nations, one of the local First Nations tribe, actually, uh, I I was uh, integrated into their tribe. They welcomed me into their tribe, which was beautiful. 
And they're actually one of the local First Nations tribes here in Australia. They um, And they were telling me about the land, like there's a, a massive bay in Melbourne called Port Phillip Bay. And they were telling me how their tribes, it was all grassland. Uh, and their tribes used to hunt on there and they all started feuding about it. And so the Great Planet and the whale actually caused an ocean event that filled the space with water and it's remained full of water ever since. And it was, uh, they were telling me this story, like I actually got smoked and, and the owl wing and all the great stuff. It was really cool. Um, mm. It was a huge blessing. But, yeah, they were telling me about that and, and started talking to me about the how so much of the sacred that we don't even begin to comprehend has been almost mm. hidden from us underwater and um and they've only recently discovered there's some new pyramids just discovered off portugal and there's another set just found off japan again uh all in the water at the moment it's quite amazing what goes on with all of that you've got to remember that um the electromagnetic, like the, the axial structure of the planet the web of the vibratory web beyond the physical planet itself of course, runs its electromagnetic lines, if you like, um, through uh, on her skin, if you like. And so and that's where the whale has always, like it's one of the basic things humans do understand about whales, that they follow those lines around the planet. Um, they follow the electromagnetic field and structure. Uh, because for, for the whale, that's probably the most rudimentary communication they have. <laughs> when you think about it, it's really like reading a paper roadmap for them <laughs> and for us we're still trying to race to that level to understand them um, with elephants I love how they talk I love how they vibrate the front plates of their skull to speak to a friend of theirs who's like a few kilometers away in the same dense jungle and can actually connect and communicate just because it's still basis. it's still it's still ultrasonic connection the same thing that the yeah. whales do it's just a surface adapt adaptation of of sonar above above the above the water but they're so their their cavities are so sensitive that it gives them sonic te telepathy a sonic form of telepathy um, I, I mean with with the work that i did i, I went to the ketchikan research society over in hawaii a while ago now and um, worked with children with mixed bags of disabilities. Um, that's not denoting that I have my own son has quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Uh, so I'm not denoting various levels of disability in kids, but um, actually worked with kids with various disabilities with it at the Ketchikan Research Centre where we brought in, um, we actually had dolphins, but various other creatures came in too. Once I raised the vibration of the child and the dolphins came in using the spectacular sonar on different levels, uh, particularly with the kids with CP, with cerebral palsy, different levels of spasticity, organ effect, all of that. Um, yeah, you under you start to really be humbled and understand how young we are in understanding what we can actually do for ourselves and for others under mm -hmm. that state. But it's um, <laughs> I had someone say to me the other day, "But dolphins are jerks. Look, so are humans." <laughs> yeah, so are humans exactly. Yeah, and I say you, you, you listen. You guys have there. you guys have no idea how mean unicorns really are. <laughs> that, and I mean mean, mean oh. motherfucking beings. Oh, everyone loves the cuddly otter, but otters rape seals. I mean, come on, everyone's got oh, no. outside. But um, it's a cuddly, cute otter that holds hands so they don't drift away. Yeah, that same guy will rape a seal if he can't find anything else. So he's like. <laughs> So yeah, that's right. Everyone has it. Every society has its downside, but um, but yeah, back to the topic of vibration. Yeah, it's it's amazing of what people can do and uh, of what these creatures are to us and how 
Um, I was going to say, Catherine just brought up rhinos. I was going to ask you, Andrew, I was, rhinos have been a bit of a theme this week for me. They're popping up everywhere. How do they communicate? So let me finish about the elephants. So there's, there's okay. sound amplification devices in the feet of the elephants also. Oh, yes. And their trunk is has has specialty cavities in it where they can like really enrich the tone and information in their in their trunk noises. So they can project a tremendous amount of sonic frequency into an area which can trigger fear responses and things. That's what that charging energy that they have. That goes yeah. on to a psychic level too. When you have a herd of six or 700 elephants all projecting the same aggressive speed, what do you think is going to happen to the observing force? They're going to get trampled. Because literally they're going to go through the portal of observation and trample anything on the other side energetically. And I've used this energy you know, in things that are trying to project on me. Here's your elephants. Okay. Here's your 10,000 trucks running over your ass. <laughs> This may be an odd question, but you got elephant and olifant. Where does the word olifant come from, or is it just a, an English made different up word? version? Different, different version of the okay. same, the same, the same thing. All right. Also, so, a lot of elephant bones were mistaken for cyclopses, because uh, when you see an elephant, an elephant's bones, there's just the one center, which is the truncal, which everyone thought yeah. was a cyclops. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, Lord of the Rings is turning into a documentary. I've noticed in the last couple <laughs> yes. of weeks. Where, yeah. Yeah. Now, now you're I, asking about rhinoceros. So yeah. rhinoceros is still a, a, an ancient fallback from a heavy armored era. Okay. So it's particular, it's particular thing is it's, even though it's got an armored surface, it is hypersensitive to heat changes, acidic changes, <laughs> like urine from other things. So it's a highly refined sensing system in the biological environment. And then it makes deals with other creatures in its areas where it'll teach a particular language and then it'll protect an area. It's an area that would protect its purpose as an animal is Earthscape, protect a space, be a sensing object here, chase away the negative energies and negative things that are trying to do it. And that's its purpose. Um, I've seen that particularly with cheetahs. They tend to communicate with cheetahs quite directly. There seems to always be cheetahs around rhinos, and I think they use yeah. them like that. They're the you know sensory thing. Yeah, because again, their 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 main purpose is to give data to the rest of the things protecting that sacred area, and what to do with it. But yeah, it's um. What about us having sensitivity to others? Um, just on a regular basis. And I mean, I, you've told us, you know, to reel it in or it's not that special, but because, I mean. Because mm -hmm. people learn to tune up the volume to the lowest skill and that ends up mouse farting next door scenario. Right. right. You I'm, tune up the energy so much, you don't realize you're still able to tune into the mouse fart next door and people get addicted to that data overload. And they yeah, don't know no. how to live by their own in their own energies. They're always absorbing the energies of others, which is the biggest danger of remaining as an empath and not growing into all the other skills until you learn how to control your empathy in such a way it's a natural part of you. 
it's similar to like we were talking about uh, emotions earlier. Uh, it's the lowest form, but also it's the highest uh, part of the humanity experience. The right. trick is to uh, learn to control your emotions. That does include uh, like when a family member dies and you have grief, an element of control is to step back and just let it flow out instead of trying to stop it. It's not yeah. um, it, it's about total... control so much as management. You need to yeah, manage the emotion. That's a better way yeah. of saying it. Yeah, it controls yeah. definitely the wrong way. But it's management where you're here to feel. And like uh, you know, being a human and, and a spirit, we're a spirit having a human experience. And so there is that balance where, uh, you know, you can uh, – I, I went on a weekend retreat and I was able to communicate with nature and tap into my past lives and everything else like that. On Tuesday, I'm getting the car serviced. <laughs> you gotta, it's like you know but you know and even then if you want to you know i mean i've talked to andrew because i was wondering i knew something was going to happen to my car and then it did and now it feels completely fine it looks odd because there's two different colors but um the chameleon circuit is broken for those doctor who fans <laughs> i'll say it that way uh it's just fascinating to have that uh, sort of disconnect uh, where, as Melissa, you know, you say you're a, that you know, you're off stage watching it, and sometimes you get pulled on stage, but mm. you still have that awareness of like, you know, my chair's just there. I left my phone. Can I just quickly go yeah, back to my chair right. and, and sit down? Excuse and like, me oh, for a second. It. Yeah, just just, just <laughs> a moment. Uh, and that's the thing I've mentioned, like with all the the craziness that's happening, is just you can be aware of it, just don't give it energy and buy into it. And no. I think that's part of uh, being multidimensional is where you can see bad things happening because uh, because you are multidimensional, but you're in your own personal space. You are, you're the center of your universe type thing. And so you can Bra see, it's like, it's like watching. Bravo, um, Monty. Bravo. That was true, an excellent, true. excellent explanation. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like true. watching um, Nightmare on Elm Street. You, you're not going to get killed by Freddy Krueger unless you start manifesting it, but you can watch it and go, Oh, I'm glad. That's one thing I've been noticing. I've been watching um, uh, power, the, the show power. And I'm so glad I'm not a drug dealer because <laughs> I don't want to live in that world at all. I can watch it. It's a great story. There's ups and downs and character development, but for the love of flying spaghetti monster, I'm not going to sell drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. it's all, right, all right, Mandy, thanks a lot for calling in. We're going to take another caller here. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm gonna All have right, to, Robert, I'm gonna have let's to go spin up the wheel of caller, more. and this, this, this will be our last caller. Okay. Okay. E-T. E-T. Signal to me. Are you there? There we go. Hi, where are you calling from? I am actually close to you, I believe, in the heart of it all. And where? The heart of it all, I believe, is what they put on the plates right ohio that's the one okay so what did <laughs> you like make a, you laugh tonight ohio. actually yes yeah, so much i love it i love every single iota of um the uh, little areas to find humor in each of you it's so lovely thank you all well thank you thanks so what did you want to talk about tonight uh, what well, i didn't uh I, 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 I'll, I'll say it this way. I'm not going to say I signed up for it and, uh, and I wasn't prepared. I will say I, I was unaware that I had done anything such as raise my hand. <laughs> oh, you are an un, 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 unaware hand raiser. 
It or at least dialed your head. Or at least stunned gremlins. Or at least I'm a pleasantly re responsive person who got unmuted or a request to unmute. <laughs> no. <laughs> universe has brought you on though. So the that, universal spotlight ooh, is on you tonight right, right now. That wacky oh, universe. I like it. I like it a lot because I liked a lot of what was going on in the conversation, man. I feel like there's this huge whale theme, and that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's a bad thing. Well, ironically, <laughs> they're huge. So, like the blue, <laughs> I would like uh, the blue whales aren't extinct. I would like to see a blue whale once because they're like this, they're the size of a small country, aren't they? Yeah, they're the biggest. Well, they are enormous. They are. The whales, I saw, the whales I saw on Sunday were, um, I thought they would be southern right whales, which are the whales that you'll see. If you watch Rara, you see southern right whales. But uh, they're actually humpbacks that were out there for me on Sunday. And, um, and they're oh, just, you're just showing off from your part of the world. I see how you are. <laughs> oh, it's just the season that they go through. It's one of the blessings of a freezing cold winter that you can go down and watch the and whales. To be fair, we, we do live on the, on the coast. Ohio doesn't. Well, Ohio is not known for its ocean views. Yes, it is. We have we have the North Coast here. We have North Coast. You mean the puddles? North Coast ocean view. I don't know what it is, but I do know that I was wondering about what you said earlier about uh, all these different shampoos. Wasn't shampoo part of the conversation at one point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Monty's anti dandruff shampoos. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Battle continues. I just wondered. I just wondered, especially because of the Perth thing. I was just like, are you, do you have pert? Because I looked for pert recently, and I did they discontinue it? I don't know. That was the old two in one thing. Wasn't Believe it? it or not, the best thing actually for any type of dandruff type hair is the petroleum jelly hair hair oh, stuff. Oh, Andrew, Andrew, I don't yeah. want that kind of shampoo. I like the smell of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Whether you like the smell, that actually is what takes care takes care of it all. The pine tar shampoo—it's the oldest, the oldest thing in the in the medicinal handbook that actually takes care of that kind of stuff. Well, I hope somebody has that kind of stuff to be taken care of. Right now, I was looking for the the smell. I was like alchemically trying to make my own shampoo, and I knew pert back in the day was a nice smell that I like to add to the mix. Yeah. Gosh, I wonder what that is. God knows what it's they a type of shampoo. It, it, it had a, a specific blend of stuff in it that's not available. On no, the I wonder what they. I wonder what the scent would be made of. Pert was such yeah. a strange concoction. It actually doesn't make sense that you have a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It, it can't be. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. have, no, we're talking five-in-one shampoo conditioner <laughs> blower. It was like like the all-in-one thing, and I don't normally ever get that. <laughs> I just <laughs> with, and, and so we see with your hair. I just right. figured maybe if I asked somebody in Perth, I could find Perth. It was a bad joke, a horrible joke, but it is a comedy thing. So anyway, to be to be less uh, comedic and more to the point um, on the whale thing, I was really curious when you were talking about, um, Andrea, like when you were speaking, speaking on the nice point about uh, the thing that went on, you're like, yeah, but they're not all telling the same message. And I'm like, well, what message? What's the one that should be going on, <laughs> you know? Every message is the point to understand every message at once and not have a limitation to only be stuck with one message. That's the whole point of hearing the song line. It's the entire orchestra speaking at once. Well, but that's just like the beginning and 15 minutes before the orchestra plays an actual, you know, symphony. But everybody in the orchestra knows everybody else's parts. and has. That's right. Say, say it again. Everybody in the orchestra knows everyone else's music because they all share sheet music. That's right. I do. Right. But when you said everybody yes. plays at once, that's true. But everybody plays at once when they're practicing in the first 15 minutes. It sounds crazy and beautiful in its own right. 
Yeah, there's an element of attuning and uh, getting practice, and then once they're all in sync, uh, they they work in concert with each other. Wordplay. And but once they know their parts, like I mean, the the symbol guy doesn't do this slam it every time. He waits for his moment. That's where the sheet music works in. Oh man, isn't that where we all are right now? Just like that's called syncopation, where everybody does their part. And a natural process that creates the rhythm, the rhyme, the tone, the frequency, the vibration, the harmony, all the things that make an experience for an observer. Okay. No, this, this is a good question now. I'm like, wait, who's in the 15 minutes of, of like making sure their instrument's right? And who's in the ready, like ready, start, go. And now we all know the sheet music to follow. Okay. No, 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 no. You had the sheet music in your DNA. And you've yeah, been practicing it in your subconscious realities and dream worlds since the day you were born. That's right. My, real, it's my just... questions are, who, who's the conductor and who's the audience? You, the many versions you. of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's you right. You are. So but, it's um, me, isn't you it? You already have all these abilities in it. So someone in the chat room earlier asked what my conversation with the whale was, with the whales that were out there. Most of my conversations that I have with any of the animals on this planet or, or beyond it um, are to hand to you guys. For now, I'm, I'm just a teacher. Um, on Sunday, I was really blessed because the conversation was just for me. Um, but until I can teach you guys to actually communicate with the various other species on this planet again, uh, it's my job to hand that communication to you. And so my job is actually coming and teach you how to raise your vibration <laughs> so that you can do yeah, it. I can back but, that up um, too because my cat has been yelling at me for five years every day. And I asked <laughs> Melissa, what's Scoffy saying? Oh, you're fine. Well, meow, meow is like the, per- like that, yeah, that almost sounds like the conductor getting ready to be like, okay, it's time to start. But I guess that brings me back to my point then. So does that mean that people on the call like us, for the moment us three slash hi robert you know um is this is this mean the the juxtaposition of okay boom now when it changes again like everybody else who's not actually speaking right now but except in a different way like in there they could be whispering in the audience <laughs> to each other and so on you know like who's actually practicing the 15 minutes to make sure their 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 instruments are in tune and who's saying like it's time to go? It's it's go time. We all have the sheet music. No, I understand. I understand what you're trying to say is, it's when the awake you is trying to figure out the multi-dimensional you is where you're going to lose your 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 your, your way here. Yeah. The it'll subconscious it'll dreaming you has been practicing the sheet music to the point that you know it so much, and you can tune your instrument up so fast. It's it's microseconds versus versus actual seconds so and when is it time to go we already have the dates pre-programmed into our dna that tell us get up and move or you're going to lose out on this opportunity and if this opportunity is meant to be a part of your greater lifetime you will follow through with the physical practice and the determination to make sure you're there for the experience and ready to handle it Mm. which is what a professional band really is they practiced enough on their own, and they practiced enough together over many years of doing it. It is so second nature. It is like breathing for them. It's like when people from across the country find themselves together and they've known themselves for about an hour and they're just making music gorgeous that they wouldn't want to listen sure. to that. Sure. That's in that free, that hyper form of creation. 
That's a what what now? <laughs> Hyper form of creation. Okay. Where many people or two people come together and share a tremendous amount of just information about themselves. It doesn't have to be intimate energy or not. It's just something that just comes out. You know, it's one of those those life changing conversations that people have. <clears throat> That's why a lot of people like to listen into these shows because we have you know, unique phrases and sayings that stick with people and listening to different people's, you know, you know, things that they have to go through to get to their life. Well, like last week, okay, something that I heard and stuck with me was it was something to the effect of, yes, I'm paraphrasing, that you're still still uh, believed in love and, and things like that. And and I was about to text in there like, well, I'm local and, and I'd love to take you to lunch. <laughs> and by the way, this comes with the caveat of... Um, not only do I know how I, I love and implement the reasons for separating a, a human being face-to-face -face with their work. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's part of, part of the greater journey. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see how things go here. Uh, right now, I'm pretty booked. I've got a whole bunch of stuff getting, because I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling over the next couple months. Oh, oh, no, it, uh, it's it's Okay. If you want me to, I can sign up for a roast so you can be like, oh, no, shut down. I need a roast here and there, but you understand what, what, where I'm coming so, from. So, so hold, hold on. This, this gives me a funny moment here. So, so are you familiar with, with the, the rule? Are you familiar with the rules of barbecue? The ones where you have to sign up to actually be queued? No, 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 no. Like, like, like actually barbecuing <laughs> outside. Are you familiar with, with barbecuing? Well, I, I'm familiar with um, uh, making a fire. I do that really well, and I've made food, so I, I okay. guess you have a bit. basic understanding. Yeah. So in in traditional Texas barbecue, you are the brisket, okay? The, the slow And burn. the brisket gets a dry rub, and then gets put in the smoker for 18 hours. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the slow. <laughs> and then they pull out, and then we cut you up into little tasty pieces. I'm, try I'm trying to be I'm trying to find you amusing but I didn't even raise my hand so try me one more time so the whole point is to find out what's interesting in you because you don't find yourself interesting oh well couldn't be more untrue <laughs> why me interesting in your own self well, uh, yes I, I am thoroughly interesting Yes, to well, others, but not to yourself. Why don't you find yourself interesting? I'm sorry. Could you clarify? How am I supposed to find myself interesting? <laughs> How do you find yourself interesting? Right here, right now, babe. Can you not find this amusing? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving well, you a roast. I'm giving you a roast sample. <laughs> here's your here's your taster's choice. Are you really ready for it? Yes, bring it, hit it. Okay, you do. You in the core, you do not find your own self interesting. You find a lot of interesting other things in other people, and you kind of beat yourself up about not being very interesting. Wow, who who are you calling myself? The physical you that's here, the one that's speaking, the energies I, I, that I'll are I'll influencing you. I'm five foot six. I weigh this or what? I, I have this color eyes, this color hair, and all that. This is myself. If that's whom you're talking about. Right. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm ridiculously <laughs> interesting, and not just to other people, to myself. Mostly, not just not mostly to other people. Mostly to myself. You're you're, you're missing you're missing what I'm saying. 
Oh, I'd love to hear it. Okay, I mean, this not is the hear internal it. debates and arguments that you have with yourself that actually put you in a situation where you externalize a lot of your personality and don't internalize it. All right. Could I get a helpful hint on internalizing it, or at least what you mean? To, to so at some point, at some point in your life, it was easier to be you outside of your body than to be you inside of your body using the like a writer's third person point of view writing perspective of your own self sure and that has created a juxtaposition within yourself that the highest connective communicative you has to be outside of the body and not inside the body oh wow Which you is got that inverted attention. so many of your relationships thus why we get to the point where you're finding all the interesting stuff out there. Yes, you have interesting aspects, but there are others with even more interesting aspects, which attracts you through the, through the different laws of attraction. Okay, wait. Yes, there's interesting stuff inside me. And yes, there's interesting stuff in other people. I agree with those two statements, which is why I would be like, hey, man, you munch. But anyway, the, the, the point is like, what what is it that you think I'm missing? Could you be more clear about that? That the center of you, the majority of your experience in life is from the third person point of view. And it's reached a point in for you, for you to grow to your next level, you have to let go of the main aspect of the third person point of view and be in your body in a different way. So that memory is recorded a different way. So much more of the light of the experience from the body is a part of the actual memory of creation. You're not detached. Once again, if like, like when you're reading a book and it changes from the first person to the second person to the third person, you're talking about yourself even though it's yourself talking. And if you understand that form of juxtaposition, meaning you prefer to be the outside of the body describing the reality that you're going through instead of being from the inside of the body which then completely alters the perceptions about oneself and how they relate to the rest of the world. Well, could, could I share my viewpoint on what you just said? Sure. Um, okay, so you read Akashic, and I, I look at that a bit myself. And okay. I don't just read just Akashic. It's everything else included. Okay. I, I wasn't limiting you with that statement. Here we go. Um, I was just sharing my, my viewpoint on Akashic itself, also not limiting myself to what other things I see. And um, what's really cool is that I look at it um, a bit like, I guess what dreams may come to use a movie, you know, when they're floating through those big halls. But mostly I use that only to say that if you could float through those areas and look or, or um, go on a boat through those areas and look at people looking at books, then the ones who are fully in it, you, they're invisible. The, boat is, the book is just floating there. But the ones who are like, you know, um, <clears throat> in and out of it, you, they're transparent. You can see them. They're in it and they're out of it. And then the okay. people who are standing there holding a book fully transparent, they're not even like investing themselves in the whole story. Uh -huh. But you had to describe all of that from the third person point of view. You can't well, put yourself as one of the people going through the experience. Oh, yes, I can. I'm the one in the middle. <laughs> but again, you, you, you see, this is still, this is the, the roast energy to go cut through all the bullshit, no matter what. This is the, the one of the major things that's required in human growth. When people ask for a roast, that's the whole point of it. 
What you was cut through like, everything and you go right to the core. It. Yeah. I was just like accepting yeah, it. You're not, like, not accepting it, even though you, we all heard you describe it in the third person point of view. Sure. And well, yes, well, I know you could describe it in the first person, but your initial choice is to be in third person. Okay. okay. And that initial point of engaging the consciousness and the different perceptions that it has, which will alter the nature of the conversation. Which I appreciate. So you have a propensity to go immediately to third person. Okay. I find it to be most neutral when I'm talking, but I appreciate how you're coming at it. And I like to learn like any insight that can help me, you know, view myself. Well, well Melissa, what, what, what have you been hearing as, as we using this roasting edits? I saw the smile on you. Yeah. Got- <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's come from the chat room as well. I'm sorry. The smiles also people in the chat room, but um, oh, where, do, where do I step into it? It's, um, with a great respect from me, if that helps any. Oh. Third person, third person point of view, and what is what does that do to people's perceptions of themselves? The third person point of view. I don't know. Yeah. I prefer if you were just speaking to me directly without, like, because he said his piece. <laughs> just. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Well, as Andrew's done it, he's coming raw when when yeah, he, he actually came in with that that uh, very unexpected confront not confrontational but very unexpected truth of you know what's happening inside you you're not enjoying yourself um i hope you're not finding yourself interesting okay but um <laughs> is the term now that i'm thinking back to it um going back to that i i can see what andrew was saying that as as beautiful as you are and you are wonderfully complex which is you know, full credit to you. That's to me, that's wonderfully beautiful. I love intelligent complexity, but um, as you know, from me trying to find a celebrity crush, <laughs> but, um, but um, I agree with Andrew. In terms of the, the complex journey. Uh, I, look, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but I think Eddie's, Eddie's journey to self has been made too complex to the point that she hasn't quite engaged it. It's okay, kind so, of a, so the answer the answer is yes. Yeah, she has engaged a form of complexity that is using the third person point of view to see the outside world from a detached process. Aren't you doing the same when you engage your own sacred neutrality? Nope, nope. I'm changing my perspective and perception. Fundamentally. Aren't I? My term no. of the the disassociative the, discipline is just the conscious recognition of what I'm doing. I'm not and the sacred application and, and the sacred yeah. application of, and then yeah. all that it, that it brings with the sacred application and the conscious enforcement of it. What mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is that the aspect of you that uses this third person point of view to tap into higher spiritual energies and you're yeah. keeping again, your outer aura and you're not storing any of it in your core. You're not quite using your core, which right. is, this isn't a criticism of you because I, I actually really like you too. I'd like you I'm sure there's some sort of fear base that's stopping her actually, or maybe from this perception of life, a sense of this is a horrible no, thing to say. It's but, just the nature of the call. That's all, that's all that it is. Yeah. And, you know, because, um, you know, she asked for a roast. It's on a comedy show. You well, know, I didn't you know, ask for it. Yeah. I didn't ask to be called on, but here I am. And I didn't put it. Yeah. You, know, you, oh, you, you did get called on. <laughs> that was the universe. Blame the universe. Which no, is I, I'm just saying I didn't turn it down. Well, when you said that, when you said that initially on the call, that you didn't actually plan on it, you just, you know, here you are, you, you butt dialed. Um, 
uh, that's always the most interesting call. Like to me, I was like, "Well, this is going to be good." <laughs> something, <laughs> something else. Put your hand up. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. tipping a toe in the water. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're not we're not pushing you in the deep end here. But we'll help you go in if you want to. That's you, that's why the hand went up, and so it's that's you know, why that's, the what? That's why your hand went up on here. Like you know. We're not going yeah, to your, spir- you your spirit fiddled with your spirit fiddled yeah spirit fiddled with your phone. Well, if yeah, you call my spirit in my phone, I'll be with you in the deep end because we're good at the deep end. Where does that? <laughs> we'll jump in the deep end with you. We're good in the deep end. Right. But, it's, um, right. it's supposed to be funny, and if if those three topics aren't, then I don't know where I've been living. <laughs> well, no, it's it's as simple as like what Andrew's saying is that you're using a third party. Um, element of disconnection as you're going into the work that you're doing to communicate with self you need you need to pull out that connection you need to just say okay, okay well, i'm gonna I cut mean, out, can, cut I, out I, can collapse, I can collapse it but i would simply be saying i am the one who views it from from the point where i can see those three it, it that's all i'm collapsing it into well it's the beauty of the beauty of you is you already have everything you need to do what you need to do um, I, did, you I, had didn't this... call, I didn't call thinking I didn't. I just, I, I just oh, love no. the show. I think you all, hey. we're, we're all here kind of in a sense knowing exactly what we're doing. Oh, sure. Well, I, I, those two, I, I, <laughs> Monty, sure. Monty, you're the worst of it. You know exactly what you're doing with your little Time Lord box back there. Uh, well, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I, know, I, I know I'm doing the right thing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, know I, it's think the right thing. I, I think it's, I think it's, that's it, a bit of, about nailing it, you know. Without comedy, this is all just just. <laughs> and the well, there's an element of that. Once or twice in these shows, always somewhere in these shows, you'll see Monty come out with a nugget that is absolutely beautiful. Like I, I mean, in this show, both Andrew and yeah, Mont just nailed it. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, go Mont. And it's like just going. Every now and then, you see a nugget come through where Monty gets out of his own way and it flows through. Oh my god! Um, I love it when the monkey them? gets in his own way, and then and it gives a break to the rest of how how thoroughly things have been flowing up to that moment. <laughs> uh, the best way I describe it is like if you've seen the Harry Potter movies. I'm um uh, what's her name, but uh, she's the divining teacher that Dumbledore like, has. Morning. Yeah, she's actually so who's, who's the glasses. Yeah, um, what's her name? Um, uh, oh, the actor Emma uh, Emma what's Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, beautiful. Emma Thompson, she plays it perfectly. And Mm. like, she's completely terrible, doesn't do anything, but Dumbledore has around because just once in 30 years, she comes out with the right information and prophecies. (laughs) At the right time, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, hey, I'm a cloud of wind. By the way, do not buy the tiger. Back to the jokes. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm just, my question is like, if you, um, this is for, for Melissa and Andrew, by being, um, uh, by having the third view, third view by the side, can't you integrate that experience into the self? Because you yes. had that experience of having the viewing, but now instead of stepping out, you can step in with everything experienced and you can use it at the same time, if that's the right language. What, what, what I was trying to get, get aside is it's become a habit pattern for her to access the higher frequencies from a third person point of view. Instead of being, it's not that she can't do it. She can enter access the energies from a first person, but she has an, a, a, a habit pattern where she does it far too often as third person. 
which that again, it changes your point of view as the nature of the experience experienced in memory when you're inside your body versus the outside of your body. And just clarify first person, third person. It's uh, the difference in a video game. I am here, me right now. I am talking about a me or, or this is a group of me's doing X, X or X third person point of view is you're out of the body and describing what it's doing. Or bringing things into the third person, but not completely sharing it in the body. Meta perception of the experience. And perception and perspective is what matters in the growth of the human being. Mm. So that's not why about I think the subject universe... matter. It's how we perceive it and add it to per- the perception of it and how it changes our perspective of how the reality works or doesn't work with that subject matter. And let's bake the noodle of everybody because the universe put the hand up. It's so you can have this lesson as well as being a teacher for everyone who's watching as well. That's right. Because as I'm taking this to heart, I'm starting to come up with a a really intense, personal, uh, deep, revelational issue Uh here, dude. I mean, really. Because you had nightmares where you had to do that to protect yourself when you were like nine to 15. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I got to tell you, man, I am just, I'm having like such a heart feeling about how like Emma Thompson or, or some person in that movie isn't Elliot Page or something. I mean, something's really messing with me. I'm being, okay. I'm being sarcastic in the silliest of ways. Let's just oh, yeah, don't bring up Page. It is weird. No, no. The whole point is, what's being discussed is weird, and I feel a bit weird about it. No, that yeah, well, I mean, it's it's challenging, and I think that's part of the experience that uh, was instigated. And you asked for a roast, yeah, and this is just um, just a be clear. A be clear. This is the third time I've been called out for being for asking for a roast. I did not ask for a roast. I ah, simply see. said I'm being roasted, and I can accept that. And all of a sudden, that's been turned into I asked for one, and I'm like, well, oh, 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 no, oh, no. So you're dealing with three humans. You now I'm more human than those two, but we took it the wrong way. <laughs> hey, no, no, talking, talking the wrong or medium or, or in between way. But I'll tell you this, man. It was the third time I thought, oh, okay, all the red flags are up, and the fourth time I'm like, okay, I'm speaking up here. <laughs> I did not ask for a rose because I didn't even raise my hand for a rose. So hold uh, on. It's that wacky universe once again doing its thing. Hey, hey, so you, hey, you I'll, might I'll you take, might have a giggle when you go back. You might have a giggle when you go back and listen well, from a third person perspective. It's yes. funny. I've got all the three and the third, <laughs> second person perspective here. I think I think for the most part, I'm just like, no, I see it now. It's it's pretty good. I'll, I'll just like roll into it, man. I'll, all I know is um, if I can't bring up transgender to 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 really cool things off, where are we in life, right? <laughs> that's right where are we all right Dallin, thanks a lot thanks a lot for for butt dialing yourself in <laughs> hey like likewise, likewise for butt dialing me in as well all right all right guys we're at the end of the show monty you want to give away for people to get a hold of you uh wafer thin entertainment i am now just putting the videos up on rumble because youtube is a fascist state 
as well as uh, <laughs> uh, if you brave if you brave Twitter uh, at Real Monty Dean as well as Wafer Thin Entertainment, uh, Facebook as well, and Revolution Radio Studio A on Wednesdays at two AM. But that show is actually put up on Rumble as well as Spotify and so on and so forth. I am helping out uh, Strange Universe with Stra- uh, Sean David Morton on Wednesday nights, uh, producing and filling in where he can and uh doing this show and um sometimes uh, andrew brings me on to uh the call-in show just to have a bit of a yak and uh, chuckle at the end i also have uh read a audiobook well sorry i recorded an audiobook i've been someone had to go what do you mean you read an audiobook yeah i read it out loud and recorded it uh, <laughs> uh stardust ranch the incredible true story and in about an hour i will be seen at a tramway museum in hawthorne <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, wait for people to get a hold of you. Um, look, I'm easy to find. Just you know, look look for Melissa Hocking Hughes. But um, look look what's happened here. Oh, we have a little screen. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you go to melissahockinghughes.com or qbihealing.com, you will find everything you need to book in for sessions, book in for your axial initiation at the moment. If you want to evolve, that's the place to go. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. And as you can see, I'm on all sorts of social media which you'll find there as well. The group that you want to join on Facebook is called The Irrepressible Healer in You. And that one I actually run, I'll actually do live feeds exclusive to that group and have a chat about what's going on. Oh, you can find me on TikTok too. I know, it's getting ridiculous. What's TikTok too? TikTok, TikTok too, that's right. Sounds better. <laughs> All right, you guys know who I'm at. You go to my website, andrewbartzis.com. You can find me Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and many other places. I encourage you to pick up a contract revocation and have your Ooh. way expressing your free will. All right, Robert, take us away. See you guys. Each different bubble of reality is true. A galactic historian is a person that looks at all the lines of dramatic karma. Nudge, nudge. It's the holy grail. Improvise. <laughs> Mysterious. It's counter psychic intelligence. Why is DNA farming of this star cluster so important? Because we do manifest our reality. We do create our reality. Hello, let's create, let's co-create, and let's change this world with love. No matter if you're from Alpha Centauri or Earth, we all began with the same birthing process. We live in a limited point of view. Living the mystical life daily is about striving for the unlimited point of view. Each day, each human being gets an infinite amount of choices. Living the mystical life daily is about facing obstacles and challenges. The level of awareness that you are working at means you have a responsibility to be equal with it. How does one truly let go of expectation? You 
you can make the moment that you wake up to the moment you go to sleep sacred. The keys to success. Choice, 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 and choice.